Hello and welcome to the 15th episode of the ProGems podcast here on the Five Star Network. And with me today, like always, or like often at this point, um, Dylan. How are you, Dylan? I'm all right. How, how, how are you? I'm happy to be here. Um, how have you been, buddy? I have been good. It's, it's a good week. Um, I ended the last episode with, I hope that's the last episode without Micah's world champion. And now we have the era of Micah. So <laughs> it's a good start for my wrestling fan in 2024. And always a good time to talk about wrestling. So. Shouts out to the Micah Empire. Yes. So, and well, Micah, of course, the biggest moment. Maybe not the best match of December, but also we had a lot of things to talk about. Well, we have a lot of things that happened in December in pro wrestling, in Choshi wrestling that we want to cover here. And before we do that, of course, we should, like always, shout out all the podcasts that we have. Dylan, I think you should start picking off, shouting out YouTube podcasts that you have, which is High Star Network. Yeah. Um, you want to go to any podcast place that you, you have, uh, check out Stardom Quest every single week, typically on Thursdays. Um, we talk about Stardom every week. It's a lot of fun. And me and Alex, uh, are the chaos um, and the human wreckage that you love. And on the other side of things, I have the No Limit Wrestling Show, which we don't do very often, but when we do, it's pretty much just me and my buddy Xavier um, shooting the shit about a wrestling show uh, from the past. Usually try to get guests on to kind of, uh, you know, bring a wrestling show they want to talk about uh, and, and, you know, just kind of have a good time talking about whatever show from wrestling history is is of intrigue and of interest in that moment that is over on the five star network youtube channel um exclusively on the youtube channel so go check that out over there and yeah those are my two podcasts it'd be lovely if you went and checked them out because um i put a lot of work into them you know what i mean yes on top of that of course we have the dramatic dream dragons which is a podcast i our friend sandre mm -hmm. another dylan and another yannick um they're talking about <laughs> wow. They're talking about Dragon Gate and the DT most of the time. Also weekly episodes. Then as well we have the Wrestle Update, which is a podcast about everything in, in North American wrestling, especially um, WWE, AW, and Lucha Libre, and all of that. Mm -hmm. And then the newest podcast we have added is the Actress Gate, which is a monthly podcast. Always the first two weeks of the month from Sandri and Welke, where they talk about actress girls. It's really interesting to check out, especially if you want to get into the promotion, since it's gets a good amount of hype in, in the last couple of months. Um, yeah. So check that out as well. Yeah, if, if you're a big fan of of uh, performers, um, that's 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 your that's the place to be. Yes, it's it's, it's the place to be here. And with that, I would say we, we kick things off with, well, of course, the biggest show we have in December. Old Japan Mania X 2023 and Yoyogi National Stadium Gymnasium 2. 2,687 fans, which is the second best number aside of the 50th anniversary Old Japan had since 2017, which wow. was... The, which was also an anniversary show um, in Sumo Hall, I think, where they had like 4,000 fans. 
So this is the great, best uh, non-anniversary show in a long time. In a long time, yes. And well, it, it was it was a good show. I would just go over the undercard, you know, the important mm. things about the undercard, and then just go straight into the final, in the two main matches. Um, the first interesting thing here, of course, was um, Yoshi Tatsu announced that he's leaving All Japan. Um, we found out a bit later that he's joining DDT Pro Wrestling. It's in, in terms of who else was is leaving a promotion. It's a bit weird, but this feels yeah. like more of a well, I'm underused. I want to be used better, so I'm quitting kind of situation. Yeah, and um, you know he wasn't gonna go to New Japan because Hiroshi Tanahashi <laughs> thinks he's the fucking worst wrestler to ever live, um, which is hilarious. I don't know. If, I don't know if you guys know. Yeah, they there's, a, there's an ongoing bit. Of, of Tanahashi being like, yeah, you know, I really respect everybody who's come through the New Japan Dojo except for Yoshitatsu. Um, <laughs> that guy's a piece of shit and he sucks at wrestling. It's fucking insane. But yeah, uh, his loss is not a big one for All Japan, in my opinion. Like, I think it might backstage. But from a from a fan's perspective, it, it's not really anything. Um, my, my most prominent memory of Yoshitatsu in the past year of me watching all japan was him having one of the worst matches of the year against shota umino um at all together oh yeah okay <laughs> like <Okay>. that <laughs> that's pretty much I, it. I i thought you meant the t-hawk match from from the champion carnival because it was also really bad i was not watching yoshitatsu champion carnival matches <laughs> i was i really did <laughs> i'm but sorry yeah, <laughs> yeah it, it's I don't think he has like any backstage role, um, at least not known. At least you know, unlike yeah. you know, his opponent on the other side, Suji Chikawa, who also is leaving, um, reportedly at least. I don't think it was said officially by All Japan, but I'm not sure. But Tokyo Sports reported it that he's leaving by the end of January, and that's a big loss backstage because. Aside from Suwama, Ishikawa was like the, the main creative team, creative booker in all Japan for the past years now. And you know, I, I feel bad for more than anybody. I feel bad for Renayabe because yes. he, he lost his left, contract pretty much. Yeah, he just lost, he just left J, JTO, presumably because Shuji Ishikawa super high on him and their tag team partners, he was probably going to jump to All Japan. Now, that's kind of in question. Um, I, I don't know if, like, it's, you know, I mean, but, like, that's that's a big loss for him, you know, for a young guy like like Ren, who was growing immensely under Shuji Ishikawa, um, tagging with him during Tag League and whatnot. So, yeah, Shuji's a big loss. Even if he's not, like, the single star he once was, he is such a huge loss, both backstage and just, like, on these shows, I would say. Because um, he, he could usually get something out of people. You know, I mean, even even if he is past his prime, he could still get something out of people. So him and not being still, on these shows is, yeah. is rough. Yeah, especially for the mid card in, in all yeah, the bigger shows. Yeah. We always, always had these typical 6.5 out of 10 tag matches that you just need mm. on these undercards. You, you, which is, yeah, and of course, his backstage role. He was the player president, I think it was called. Yes. The, the connection between the management and, and, and the wrestlers. 
which is now Ketamihara's role. And according to Dave, um, Keto is now also in the booking team, which also could have happened like months before, but Dave said so. Uh, yeah. Um, Takao Mori also left. That was the third. Yeah, big one. that was. And oh, of no, course, Takao Mori. But, yeah. So it's Ooh. like, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's, it's a big one. I, I guess Tsuchishikawa is, is pretty much the, the biggest one in terms of. Oh, yeah, of definitely. How people view him and what his backstage role is. We will see if that has any impact, positive or negative, on just the on-screen product because we've seen it last year when they had Jake Lee, um, and what's his name, Tajiri leaving, and out of nowhere because Tajiri lost the power struggle. Uh, in the booking team, and out of nowhere, the product got like really good because the jury was not there anymore. So it maybe is, it has a positive effect, but who knows? You, you that is an interesting that. thing because I remember writing an article, like a news article, when Jake Lee was leaving. Um, and like the article was like literally titled Jake Lee um, set to leave All Japan, others expected to follow. And it was like, oh, damn, All Japan might be fucked. And they had the best year of, you know, in, in a long time. So it is interesting because this this has ha this happened a year ago, like almost exactly the same. Um, it happened uh, a, a year ago as well with All Japan. Though I think this time people are a bit more concerned about just a lot of things going on with All Japan, and it's just kind of like a storm of things that's like uh, there, there's concern arising. It's uh, also long term people leaving, which is a huge difference yeah. because Takao, even though he left for like ten years, he's a giant Baba trainee. I don't know if he's a trainee, but he, he you know, he wrestled in the giant Baba era. Um, same for the ring announcer he left. And now the only two you have left that are from this era are um, Wada and, and Fuji. And both are in the age where they're about to retire. Yeah. So you, you not only lose someone backstage, but entire personality in terms of like just this old, old Japan 90s prime era. Lots of people are leaving now, so who knows? But I would say we, we move on from it because we, we have another thing to talk about. Um, gosh, wait, where is it? So <laughs> I don't have the undercard in my, my, my spreadsheet, I'm unprepared for that. So, uh, yes, so did you watch the, the, the Sino Brothers singles match? I did not. I'm not a big side of Brothers fan, personally. They had a really, really solid 12-minute singles match with Jinside winning. Um, hmm. They threw CTE shoot headbutts, which is cool. But it, it's just shown how much they've grown as a singles wrestler, especially over the past years, um, compared to their last matches pre-excursion. It, it was a good one, but nothing to see out watching. And of then, of course, the first bigger match was the Shitaro Oshino return. I don't think you have watched it either. Um, I, I watched. I watched some of the matches near the end. <laughs> okay. Uh, Timmy, together with T Hawk, wrestled one row stand up here, please, against Ikeman and Seigo Tachibana. Um, unsurprisingly, because it's a return match, uh, Shitaro Oshino lost here. That's insane to me. In 15 minutes, um, I, I watched that live and I didn't have much sleep because I uh, was was up like all night. 
and mm. this one was like it, it it was entertaining but nothing too special um so it, it was just there and as ashina being back is cool but we will see of that more in january yeah i've i've heard i've heard mixed reactions to eichmann's uh uh return to geo's return uh, he, and so I've kind of been like, you know, he, not hesitant to watch his matches, but I, I also watched this live. So what I did was I tuned in starting at the tail end of the of the DDT match. Um, so I, I didn't get to watch anything before that because I, I was watching live. But I, I've been kind of hesitant to watch these geo matches because I don't know. I don't know. He's he's a strange cat. <laughs> I would not recommend it if you, if you don't like. <laughs> Fully comedy matches, it's and I I enjoy a good comedy match, but it's like I don't know with with all Japan, I'm I'm kind of specific about like what matches I want to watch on an all Japan show, um, not because like they're bad necessarily, but just because uh, I usually don't get to watch them live. So I'm like, okay, I have to catch up on all Japan. I'm not gonna take 15 minutes to watch this this zero match, right? Um, so I, I just haven't really seen much of him. It is crazy that uh, Ashino did not win. Even though he's challenging for the belt, spoiler, he's challenging for the belt. Yeah, soon. yeah, it's, it's, it's a return match. I'm used to seeing people just losing the return matches, but he's losing it to Ikeman and Psycho Chichibana is definitely a decision. Yeah, exactly. considering he's teaming at that with the A's of Glade, so I don't know what, what they're planning to do there, to be fair. <laughs> then we have the next match. Um, Leona uh, Tatsumi Fuchinami got defeated by Yuma Ansai and WWE's NXT's Charlie Dempsey. Um, if you want, you know, my thoughts on this potential partnership, I recorded a podcast with another Dylan that is <laughs> on the YouTube channel. So um, many Dylans. Too many, yeah. <laughs> I agree. Um, but it was before, of course, this match even happened. It was a solid one. His his standout performance is going to happen in the title match. Spoiler against Nakajima. <laughs> it it was just just a solid match. You notice that he is not. He, I wouldn't say he's not experienced in his style, but you notice that just he's not. You know he he can't wrestle it that often to to really fully fully know what he's trying to do there in the ring sometimes. Yeah, it's interesting because he, like, I'm not going to throw any shade, but he went to the New Japan Dojo and uh, quit, went to NXT, and then was like, but I still want to work in, in in Japan. I just don't want to have to be a young boy. And so <laughs> here we are. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's definitely, I don't know. I, I don't think much will come about it outside of him getting some tours, but who knows? Yeah, and I mean, uh, Regal's a big Puro nerd, so I get it. You know it it's, I mean? Yeah, it, it, it's Regal, and he, he knows that Charlie can't, or his son, can't develop this technical wrestling style in WWE. Hmm. If yeah. he wants same for that as a wrestler. Well, he, he can, but he's going to be another Fetcher, and Fetcher and WWE failed. Part <laughs> Oh, I love that too, but I, he's all right. Um, very yeah, bad you know, in NXT. <laughs> you know what? What can you do in NXT? Yes. Moving on to the four big matches, we have a DDT versus All Japan match. 
Toy Kojima and Yuki Eno defeated Atsuki Awagi and Rising Hayato 30 minutes and 28 seconds. This was for me the first match I would recommend from the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm a bit surprised with the winner considering Toy Kojima is in the match, and I thought that's yeah, what okay. I was gonna say. Is that I was like, I was like, I, I haven't kept up with with DDT enough, but like Toy Kojima like winning matches is kind of new to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought okay, Atsuki or Rising Ayato is gonna pin him, and then they they tease something with with Yukiyanel, who is the. Uh, uh, a DDT KOD Openway champion. So, don't think they will run this match, but just teasing it. But no, champion is there, champion wins. <laughs> yeah, I mean, fair enough. I would yeah. love to see a Ryzen Hayato versus Yuki Ueno uh, championship match. Yeah. That, that sounds like it would be a pretty cool match. Then we have the All Japan World Junior Heavyweight title match. Dan Tamura defeats Alineman in 70 minutes to win his first junior championship hmm. and his. First, uh, first singles title overall in his career, and this one was really good. I really enjoyed this match. Yeah. Um, Dan Tamura is, is pretty much a breakout star in the past five months in the junior division. His push came totally out of nowhere, but I guess he has the support of, of Suwama. And if you are in some act with Suwama, you're always planned for some kind of push as a young guy, at least. Yeah, I, I loved this match, actually. I really liked it. Yes. I thought that Tamura really got a lot out of Lindemann, who has been having kind of an underwhelming year overall. He um, has not tried at all. Yeah, at- and I, I felt like there was Especially in this title run. I mean, he was champion for like six months, and that was maybe his first match where you can say, you should check this one out. Yeah, and I, I liked a few of his matches. I think the match against Ishida was also good. Wait, no, that was a yoke. That was... Itsuki Yagi. So no, yeah, that I I'm wrong. Yeah, it was a pretty it was a pretty fine run. Uh, but I thought this match was a really really good one. I thought Lindemann really uh, put in a good effort against Dan, and Dan is just he's really good. I'm a big fan of Dan Tamura. Yeah, Dan Dan is really good. He's he's like he's also totally different from most of the other juniors that Old Japan mm-hmm. presents, considering he's more of a more of a powerhouse. At this he's point. a power technician. Uh, yeah. yeah. Which it's interesting because uh, I know this is a, a more of an indie podcast, but New Japan kind of has the issue where they have almost too many power juniors. I feel like outside of New Japan, the power junior like archetype is kind of done a lot better because there's fewer. And I think a Dan Tamura really shines in that role, right? Uh, because he also has the technical co ability that you know a, a Driller Maloney doesn't have, right? Uh, because he he has like this like. Uh, very well-roundedness to his game, the power stuff really sets him apart from other juniors that he's wrestling. So, yeah, I, I thought that was a great yeah. little thing about it. His look also is, like, really simple, but yeah, it's it's so simple that it works. It's totally. I, I wouldn't say he, he looks like a young lion, but it's like he, he looks kind of like, you know, like one, but in a positive way, and it helps he's, him. Especially... The Especially Dean Malenko ne- vibe. <laughs> yeah, 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 I get that. Especially next to Rising Hayato, who's like... Yes. The total opposite of looking like... Like, I don't want to say... Like this the standard pro wrestler. Yeah, like a standard pro wrestler, correct. And, of course, Atsuki is also more like... More like the typical junior more part. Dan Tamura is like a mini Ishii at this point. <laughs> from, from this build. I can see it, I can see it. 
Yeah, it, it was a really good match. Um, after the match, of course, Dantamura called out Hikaru Sato, his tag team partner, for the Kurikan Hall show on January 2nd. I was a bit surprised that they're running this as, as V1 because, you know, normally you expect his the, his veteran tag team partner to be like the big V5 or something like that, that, that Dantamura needs to overcome towards the end of his reign. But no, they decided to just do it there. Um, it's a cool match for the Kurikan. We will, well, review that in, in two, three weeks <laughs> with yeah. all the other stuff. I need to I see liked it. I liked it. I'm not yes, going to be on was... the episode in a few weeks. I liked that match, if you want my take. <laughs> yes. It, it's what you expect from a dance more of a Sikara Sato match. Hmm. In a positive way, of course. Yes, yes, yes. And with that... The, we... Near the end, it, was, it started getting really good, yeah. Yeah. And then moving on to the co-main event. Oh, God. We have Davy Boy Smith Jr.'s All Japan debut. I think return. He, he he was planned for the champion carnival in 2020, and uh, then COVID obviously happened. But did he wrestle in all Japan? Uh, no. Doesn't look like so. He he wrestled at least in Noah. I know that for a fact. Yeah, he wrestled in Noah quite a bit. No, oh. does does doesn't seem like so. I would have thought he would have wrestled in all Japan at some point. Yeah. He teamed up with Hokuto Mori, who is challenging for the all Japan tag belts um, in three days. So on, on the 13th, three days from where we're recording, mm-hmm. and Minoru Suzuki, so kind of um, cool connection here with, with David Boy Smith and, and Suzuki, of course. Yeah, former Suzuki Goon. Uh, Your favorite faction. <laughs> yeah, that is, that is my favorite male wrestling faction probably ever. Um, it just so happened that David Boy Smith Jr. was in it. Uh. <laughs> Don't think people people remember that to be fair. Yeah, they team together. My favorite, my favorite memory. Sorry, my favorite memory of of him in Suzuki Goon was them losing to Rapongi 3K and them like destroying Korokin because of it. Uh, <laughs> it was him and Lance Archer and Iska. It was a it was a trios match, and like that never happens with the juniors beating the 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 heavyweights. So when they got a roll up, it was like the biggest thing ever. It was so cool. But yeah, um, yeah. David Hart Smith is not that bad in tag matches. He's, he's pretty manageable. He's pretty, you know, I didn't think this match was like anything to write home about, but I think, I think David Hersmith Jr. is uh, pretty competent in, in tag matches. Yeah. On, on the other side, we have Hideki Suzuki, Karasato Suwama. So kind of like all the big boys together and then Hikarasato kind of as a, as a junior. It's like um, I mean, the match itself, you know, you said it. It was, it was good, but like, you know, nothing really special because, well, the rest is in the match are not the ones that usually try in those tag matches. Yeah. I, I did think that uh, the Suzuki's, Hideki and Minoru, did kind of have like one exchange that I was really interested in. They kind of like really brought it to each other. Um, it didn't last very long, but I, I did take note of that. I thought that was pretty Yeah, fun. that was cool. Yeah. Yeah. Minoru in, in, in Old Japan, when, when he tries at least a little bit, this is always cool. But mm-hmm. he doesn't often, because of course he's old at this point and just wants to get the paycheck. <laughs> Even yeah. though he, he wrestled like more matches than in, in forever, but who knows. Then we, I would just say we move on to the main event because we have a lot to talk there about. Oh, yeah. We had the Tripcaram match. Katsuhiko Nakajima retains his Triple Crown Championship for the first time 
against Kenta Mihara in 25 minutes and 51 seconds with his submission arm bar. And <laughs> we have, you know, there's a lot to talk about here. So, a, a first of all, Fujiwara, in fact. Yes. Uh, it, it was it was the, the arm bar that, that tapped out um, Andre the Giant for the first time. <laughs> in Inoki oh tapped, tapped Andre the Giant out. I don't know why I noticed. Um, so we, I would just say we start off with the entrances. Of course, Kenji Mihara comes out with his normal entrance. But at Which the beginning... always legendary, by the way. Let's, yes, let's, let's always give a little bit of respect there. At, at the beginning, he was... Um, he was like 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 summing. I, I don't know how it's called in English. I'm sorry. This 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 one 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 uh, popular song that Noah used for the Katsuko Nakajima versus Goshiyazaki match in their mm. um, in their in, in, in the pre-match video. And Kento, you know, just just did that and did his typical entrance. He looked like a megastar with the crowd behind him. And then Katsuko Nakajima came out. Um, I love this motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> well, and he came out with the original theme, like like the original theme song of Inoki with with Ali Bumiye, um, with yeah. everything, with the entire cosplay, with the uh, Fujita bus cut, with the uh, Fujita um, two o three, I think it was um, gear and all of that the trunks, yeah. With, with the trunks, he looked... I don't think he ever looked like a megastar like he did there. Um, the, you just notice how in the past three months he developed from being kind of a geek in Noah to one of the biggest stars you can ever imagine. Mm. Just, just from the look, not that like in terms of star power. Because, yeah. yeah, because I think him and Noah... I mean, he's what brought me into watching Noah was because like I'd seen like clips of him and he was sick. It was him and Keno. <laughs> Uh, so it's like, I always thought he was, he looked cool in, in Noah, but he just like elevated. So he elevated himself and all Japan as a whole coming into all Japan and just like being this, I don't know. He's just this, this legend. Like he's such a insane, insane character and such an insane wrestler that it's just, it feels like it's all come together to create such a interesting dynamic between him and the rest of the roster. And yeah, him coming out to Inoki Bumaye is insane. Like, I don't know how we haven't done an Inokiism gimmick in all Japan to be a heel, but it is the most genius thing I have ever seen. Yeah. <laughs> it is the yeah. it is the coolest gimmick I have perhaps ever seen in professional wrestling ever. Like, because yeah. it, it it dives into like these like dueling religions. You know what I mean? Like, this is like this is sacrilege. To, it's, it's, to, to do this in an all Japan ring, it is. It is like it's insane. In the end, it's just a, the typical outsider heel gimmick, but done so well creatively, and of course because it's all Japan, just fittingly that you only can see the thing. Holy hell, that's awesome! That's yeah. what I thought. I, I, you know, I think the, the clips about what what he did there went like viral on Twitter. So, I don't think anyone talked, or like people started to talk about Old Japan more because of him, and because of what he's done. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've, I've talked to, to friends who, like, you know, who are into Piro, but maybe don't watch it as, like, religiously as, like, me or you do. And I've, I've talked to them, and they'll be oh. like, 
Oh yeah, I've been I've been checking out some All Japan a little bit lately because Katsu's just fucking insane. Nakajima's just a madman. He's great. And I was like, yeah, I, like you know, you're right. And like that's like a that's a great thing for All Japan. You know what I mean? That yeah. that's, somebody like Katsu came in and really like uh, you know started a conversation there. Obviously, they had a great year. Um, I thought I thought Yuma did a great job as as the top champion. Don't get me wrong. I was very happy that he was cha- champion. I'm happy he got that run. But uh, Katsu getting it just changed the game completely. Yeah, the, it it sucks a bit for Yuma, of course, because it's not his fault. But it's kind of the similar situation. I'm I'm sorry for the Micah comparisons. Okay, <laughs> kind, of, kind of just a similar situation with with just Micah and and Suzu. Where like it sucks for Suzu, but. Micah was the right choice, similar to giving Nakajima here the belt was just the totally. right choice totally. for the next month in terms of gaining momentum, all of that. Because we will talk about you know what, what matches he can have coming up a bit in a bit, but you know every match he ha- can have against these Old Japan homegrown or Old Japan signed wrestlers is a big match now. Yeah, and there's like a ton of them actually. Um, and he has such a diverse style that like you could really see him against anybody and i think that it could he could probably figure some way out to make it work you know like like he could he could wrestle a suwama and it could be insane and he could wrestle one of the juniors can come up and he could wrestle one of them and it would be equally as insane like he just has such a i mean he wrestled against charlie dempsey and he got a curriculum all channel for johnny dempsey who they exactly. didn't know three days before Exactly. Like that's like he has this. He has a very specific power to to him that I I think they really can tap into. Um, looking forward. Yeah, uh, Nakajima came out with um, Hisashi Shinma, who was the the, the right hand of Inoki in in New Japan back then, and we saw clips on Twitter with him together with Simon uh, Simon Inoki, which is not a good sign. <laughs> For, for those who know him, it's it's not a good sign. Um, just to quickly explain, he's pretty much whenever WWE tries something in Japan, he's involved. Um, he was planned to be the president of NXT Japan, I think. So it's funny. Ne- ne- never a good sign. Um, he's also a failed promoter. To be fair, um, he's also homies with Sari, though. So I don't know. Yeah. Gotta give, gotta give him that one. Gotta give him that one. We give him that one, yes. But now for for the match itself, how do we stop oh this? Um, it was so good. It was so good. Like these two don't miss. <laughs> yeah, these two don't miss. They they started off a bit with 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 Nakajima just doing Inoki stuff. Uh, they recreated the 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 famous um, Inoki Ali sprout from their fight in nineteen seventy six. Where, um, yeah. where, where Inoki was like on the ground and then just kicking lack of Ali all the time while Ali tries to fight him. That do looked. You know, that looked awesome. Do you know that actually almost killed Muhammad Ali? <laughs> it did. Like, like no joke. Uh, his blood clotted in his leg because he got kicked so many times so hard that they had to like emergency land in uh, yeah yeah in I, a I, Southeast I, Asian country. Um, yeah, I, I, I can, I can, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he legitimately almost almost killed Muhammad Ali because of those leg kicks. It's kind of insane because like people who kind of look back at that are like, "Oh, that, that's kind of that's kind of da- that's kind of dumb. That's kind of lame." But it's like, no, he actually almost killed the guy. <laughs> but 
but yeah, that was a great spot. I was like, this this motherfucker. Like, I feel like that's so much of of like this Katsu gimmick is that I was like, this this fucker, like this guy is so works. insane. Yeah, it it just works. Uh, a bit late in the match, he did the um, drag screw from Inoki into the SDF, of course. Uh, and then, of course, the finish was the the, the armbar that Inoki used in in the eighties, nineties to tap out people, some of them. So it's like. He pretty much did an Inoki press, uh, Inoki cosplay, but there are some that do it badly, um, and some who are just just really good at it. And he was the perfect. Who would have thought he would be like the best Inoki cosplayer like ever? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like this guy said. Um, I do want to know on the finish, um, Katsu hit his his brainbuster, and I believe um, Kento did kick out. But then he hit the Northern Lights bomb, like the Ode to the Mother. Yeah. That's why I call it, because uh, you know, effectively his adoptive mother uh, gave him. Yeah, but but also of course the the the, the finisher of of Kensuke Sasaki, of course, yes. who's also it's... Nakajima's uh, Nakajima's and Kento's trainee uh, trainer. Yeah. So. Yeah, both both, both uh, Hokuto and Sasaki have very close ties to both of them. I mean, um, yeah. Hokuto Hokuto's the one who got Kento into the dojo. Like she's the one who who was like he was gonna get cut, and she's like, nah, I think we should keep him. I think we should keep him. He's he's cool. I think he has a lot of potential. So yeah, like that's a crazy move to be hitting on him, and then he doesn't even pin him with it. Yeah, <laughs> that's just, the ultimate. With the arm yeah. I was like, oh my god, you can't even you can't even kill him with with your trainer's move. You you decide to lock in a Fujiwara armbar and make him tap out in the middle of an all Japan ring. That is insane. It was so there, sick. Yeah. There, there's so much details into this match. Um, it, you know, from from everything we, we talked about, of course, it just you you just can love this match as someone who who follows both of these wrestlers for a while, and especially mm-hmm. both promotions in terms of New Japan and of course Old Japan, because that's kind of the rivalry back in the '90s. Not anymore, considering Old Japan is like. Far away now, but this this giant Baba versus Nokiism thing is is always a thing in wrestling. And now seeing that in a ring, in a well told, in a perfectly told story, I would say is is cool to see. Um, before we talk about the result itself, how did you feel about this match compared to their um, match in Noah? In I thought of- that the I thought one one night dream is like one of the most perfect uh wrestling matches uh it, especially for a match that went over 30 i think once matches go over 30 minutes it kind of starts getting harder to kind of keep it uh to a certain standard for me um mm-hmm. that was so good i i have that one above this one not by a ton uh but ultimately i thought that i like i just kind of preferred the work more in the first one though the character like the the added the enokiest stuff will make this match one that I will never forget. Uh, yeah. Legitimately. I, 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 I about... think about it. I think about every, every like, you know, every couple days, I'm just like, that shit was so insane. <laughs> yeah. Like, I just, I was like, for for a moment, for a character moment, uh, Katsu coming out and him doing the Ishni San Da, like, that, that is, like, legendary. Legitimately. That will go down in, in history as one of, like, the most insane moments in in Puro for me, but I think the match itself, the one night dream match was, was a bit better. 
yeah, I I described it as that I think the match itself was better in one night dream, hmm. but the entire the entire thing with with of course Inokiism and the entire big match feeling was way big in the old Japan one. Totally, one hundred percent agree. One hundred percent agree. And let me let me also say both of these were in my top ten match of the year lists. Like, uh, yeah. I believe this match was number nine, number ten, and then the one night dream was top five. Right. So it's like they're both incredible. Like I I, I want to make sure everybody knows this match was fucking insane. <laughs> like it, they were both tremendous. But yeah, I, I totally agree. I think one night dream had a bit more classical but a little bit better of just like straight up work but the presentation here everything that kind of uh, combined together to make this match what it was was something different entirely yeah totally the the first one was more of a main event style in terms of mm. that we that we have seen and, and especially noah all the time with with nakajima's main event yeah. style while while the second one was more of a kenta Miyahara main event in, in good yeah, and, I see it. I see it. And it worked out well. And well, talking about result, um, did you expect Nakajima to retain? Because I did not. I thought he's losing. I expected him. I, I this was one of the matches that I was the most like questionable about throughout throughout the the year end festivities in in Piero. I was like, shit, I don't really know, because like. Him winning Tag League made me think, okay, it's definitely possible he wins. Um, and I was also like, I think him versus Charlie Dempsey is probably a better match. Yeah, than, that that one was, was kind of... Kento like versus Charlie Dempsey. But... Yeah, that was... Yeah. The I only was, one I, I was like... It, it was one of those things where it was like, until the very end, I was like, I don't know. Like, once he hit the, the Northern Lights, I was like, shit, is Kento going to kick out of the Northern Lights? And then he locked in a submission. I was like... Oh my God! What's happening? And then he tapped out, and I, I was in a call with some of my friends with uh with Nate and with um, it was, it was mainly Nate. Me and Nate were watching it, and we just started yelling. We were just like going insane because we didn't really expect it. Uh, I, I didn't think it was like a shock, but I didn't really expect it. But just the way he did it as well. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it was, was cleaner than I thought. <laughs> Even cleaner yeah. than I thought because Kendra gave up. He he wasn't knocked out or something. He gave up. Which... Insane, insane. Oh my god! But yeah, there, there's their story is so it's going to go down as one of the best um, rivalries, trilogies at least. Yes. Yeah, one of the best trilogies, definitely. I mean, it, it's not a trilogy considering they had, but a trilogy in terms of now. Yeah, I think because they had like four matches when they were younger. Yeah, they they're gonna have a third match pretty soon. I'm pretty sure because that 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 should be the goal at least. They they have, have to. This. Yeah. With Kent, of course, winning, um, which it's 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 interesting to say at least because now you have the chance with Nakajima. They they struck gold with it. I don't I don't know if they realized it until until the match itself, um, but they struck gold with it because now they have of course the Shotaro Shino match. They should run Yuki, Ruki Honda and Yuma Ansa in singles matches against uh, Nakajima. That'd be really fun. And I would personally, I would personally even. You know, think think about at least doing the Hakuto Mori one. I don't know if they want to do an entitled match, but that's the one they need to run. And in the best case, they even have Nakajima for the for the champion carnival. Oh, that would be best case scenario. As if he he wrestled in the champion carnival. 
because then you have all these kind of matches and you know he gets like the title for i don't know until june or something has like this this six month title run with cool defenses against sick people and then just drops the belt and maybe he's sixth round maybe then he decides to dip and go to new japan because he always can but yeah i hope he stays in japan <laughs> oh yeah yeah even though I don't think, you know, I I know I, I I don't speculate on who WWE is gonna sign because WWE is always good with that. Yeah, especially okay. at this point. Uh, please, please, please stay, <laughs> Nakajima. <laughs> so with that, we move on to the Glade Show. Mm. I did not watch the undercard. I'm, I'm I'm gonna be real with you. What did I watch from the undercard? I know I watched some. Some stuff from the other card. Let me let me pull up the the card, like the full card, because I do not have that. Um, no, no. I watched I watched the women's match from the other card. How was it? I I the, the storyline is confusing. But how was um, the match itself? It was all right. You know, it, it wasn't anything to like write home about. But I didn't think it was bad by any means. Uh, it was pretty par for the course of these uh, late women's tag matches which don't aren't going to exist anymore uh the story yeah. was that this was kind of the death of the women's division yeah um, it definitely was the death because so of, of, at least excluding uwf it's even Maya's so impressive. that's it's just maya um michiko pretty much said i don't want to do that shit no more <laughs> so she so maya's just gonna need to find opponents uh which usually doesn't go well for her she usually loses uh, but that's besides the point. This was pretty much the end of the women's division in Glate because it was Yukari um, Hosokawa, uh, Rinrin, as I call her, still yeah. from, from Got to Move. It was Rinrin's last match. So that's kind of why Miyagi was like, oh, I'm going to tag with, with Yukari, even though I'm a heel and Diamond Egoist and all that. And also, Aoi kind of betrayed Michiko to go back with Unagi. Uh, they have done so many turns in this, I, I can't keep up with it. Yeah, I mean, neither can people who are in the faction. I remember Janai Kai tweeting, like, what the fuck is happening? I Nobody told me anything about what... This is... Uh, what? Is Diamond Eagle dead? <laughs> like, And she's in the faction, so I think that's kind of, you know. Um, but yeah, it was it was nice to see a little send-off for, for Rin Rin and uh, yeah, Mich I, Michiko I was... won, which will kind of, I think, propel her into the men's division. Um, the open weight division, I guess, and hopefully yeah. she will do something at some point. A little bit, maybe. I, I, I could see her getting like a tag title shot with with some other guy. You know, I, I know this won't happen, but I would love it if she won this upcoming Rumble. Yeah, um, I, I would, I would do just, too. Just just simply... her, like, and I, I've said this to, like, it's a joke, but it's also not really a joke that like Glate kind of hates women. Um, and by Glate, I mean Shima. Because <laughs> uh, elsewhere on the show, Kazayashi announced his retirement. So it's kind of funny that the guy who campaigned for a strong women's division in Glate is is retiring the same, like announced his retirement the same day that the Glate women's division dies. I think that's kind of funny. But um, but no, I, I think that's like I am someone who always views it as like if you're a booker and you just don't care about something the easiest way to do it is give a crumb and say, Hey, I gave you a crumb. 
You know what I mean? Like, Mich- let Michiko win the, the Rumble, lose to Tamura, and then you can just not care about her. I would love it if you could continue to care about her, but you could just not care about her, but say, hey, she got a title match. Remember that? She got a title <laughs> match. Uh, which feels like a great thing to do. Uh, my worry is that they just don't do anything with her until she's just, you know, she just gives up. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that, that's no, the worst case scenario. In, in a worst case scenario, she's leaving at the end of the year. Yeah, next and year, she does course. nothing for the next year. Yeah. Um, which is a shame. And, like, I'm a bigger Michiko Miyagi fan than a lot of people, but, like, you could tell she's putting a lot of effort into her diet, into her workout. She's becoming a, a, a body girl, effectively. She's fucking jacked. I don't know if, if y'all know about that. Uh, she is, like, insanely jacked. I just got a scam, yeah, like she, they call she, she, my bad. She's trying her um, best with it, with all of that, what they have. She's, she, like, and she's someone who, as we've seen in the past, very easily kind of, like, gives up effectively she kind mm-hmm. of like just starts phoning it in because it's like well, what's the point uh and i think she really doesn't want to with clay like i think she's at the point where she's like no i need to make this shit work and i just hope they give her a little bit of you know a little hand with that because i think she yeah. can be really really good and really fun to watch i agree i agree i hope she gets something i don't see her chances high because it's shima but yeah. we, we can hope for the best. Exactly. I would just say we jump in with the with the first with the second women's match, and because from then on I watch every match. Mm. And um, shout out Well K. Um, and I'm sorry for the Hikaroshida fans. What is about to happen? <laughs> we had Hikaroshida and Maya Fukuda defeating Asa and Tomoka Inaba in a UWF rules match in eight minutes and thirty five seconds. My note on this is, Shida, please never work in a UWF match ever again. Thank you. Man, she got eaten alive, bro. She got eaten alive. There, like, she got outworked by a child numerous <laughs> times. <laughs> and I get Azusa is like a prodigy, but like still. A- Azusa, yeah, Azusa's <laughs> national-wide competitor in karate before she she joined Chester out. So like, she's yeah. legit, like, you know. But the thing is, it's it's not like Shida doesn't have any fighting experience or so. I mean, she did multiple combat sports. I just don't know how she got caught lacking this bad. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, to some degree, it was like part of like the story, right? Like, like initially, yeah. it's like, oh, she doesn't know how to do this. So she's trying to do a dive to the outside. And that's not how this works. But like, once it kind of like got a little bit more grounded, a little bit more like, okay, this is just the match. It was so clear that she just that the Inabos were just wrestling circles around her. Um, and it's it's the same with Maya, by the way. Um, she, yeah. She's a legend fighter. She's doing shoot fights, and Inaba Atsusa nearly knocked her out multiple times in her I mean, match. She, they had. I think she did in the JTO match. She won. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, no, no, no. I I mean shoot shoot knockout. <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You're right. Um, because you notice that both Inabas held back to not, like, knock them out. That but, kills someone. Because yeah. they are legit. And they know they are legit. <laughs> they it are... Is... Oh, my God. Yeah, it was very... Like, this match wasn't good, but it was very yeah. fun to watch the Inabas just, just be, like, 
so much better <laughs> than their opponents. It was like incredible. I was like, it was fascinating. You know what I mean? Because um, and also we don't see the Unibos a lot outside of JTO. So if you want to see the Unibos, you kind of have to like uh, dig a little deeper for them. You got to go to the JTO YouTube, got to DM them for the pay-per-views and whatnot. So you don't get they, to see them a ton. <laughs> they have now released the, the Kirk and Holt show from July. <laughs> yeah. See, and I hate that because I don't I don't really go back and watch much wrestling after a year ends. So I'm just now, like, man, fuck, I want to see that, but also like, uh, um, but yeah, I just think the Inabas just fucking wrestled circles around them, and I thought it was really funny. And it was also very funny that Sheeta had to win with a move that you could not get to the ropes in. Like mm-hmm. she like she got what was it? Was it the, the stretch muffler? The stretch uh, muffler, yes. Where it's like that's not fair. <laughs> in a <laughs> in a match that revolves around like uh you know rope breaks and like trying to like not releasing a submission, it's not fair to hold somebody up like that. Hold a child up like that. Like that's come on. Come on. That's gotta just kinda pussy out of that one, I'm not gonna lie. Um, but yeah, I just, I just found that funny that the way she won was even like, you know, kind of went against like the idea of what UWF is meant to be. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's, you would hope, I, I don't know why they booked her for this match because in the end, it's not her fault that she gets booked in UWF match, right? Yes. Yeah. You just do. And especially if you get paid well, you, you just do what, what the book asks you to. And it's not like she's a huge deal in, in Japan. She no. never was. She never will be. Uh, I'm. I'm sorry. I love Shida, but she's. Not. I think didn't didn't Velke say that? Uh, yeah, Kakaru like, I've, had, and, I've had enough. Aja carried her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. That is also like this 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 match where, uh, Kakaru versus Osaki outdrew Shida versus Osaki or something like that. As it should. Kakaru's sick. Yeah, but it was Kakaru in 2019. Oh, <laughs> that's something. <laughs> I, it, it was, I don't know, it got really weird. Um, I mean, it, it, it was cool to see her mixing up with the Nabas, but like, well, maybe, you know, maybe not put Sheena matches where she gets exposed at, like that, because we, we know that she's not the best striker in the game. So, yeah, what booking her in that? I know, and like she wrestles in America predominantly, so like throwing her that's really throw, throwing her into the deep end with a UWF rules match, you know what I mean? Like, it's not like you you took someone who's like you know, it's not like you took a uh, Kaito Ishida, right? It's not like you took him and just were like, here, do a UWF match, even though that's not really like his bag, he would figure it out, right? Because he, he has good strikes and he kind of. He's a, you know, he's a Piro guy who does strike. So, like, it's not that far removed. But when you throw a Sheeta in there, you know, off of a, a you know, long, who does, yeah. AW run, it's uh, like... Part, part, uh, part of the UWF match is just you need to throw kicks. And she yeah. does not throw kicks. Exactly. And if you don't throw kicks, you need to have... Uh, Very strong strikes. submission skills. Yeah. Uh, submission skills, or you need to strike as hard as you can. And she does mm-hmm. strikes are not hard. So, just two match, two two things that she can't do, got mm-hmm. pretty much you know is, is like needed there. And then she's not the best grappler, even though you know she doesn't grapple at all 
in her match. So it's like, I don't know. I hope she got a good paycheck for it, though. <laughs> That's all we ask for here. But, uh, you know, she teased the match against Tomoki Nava after this. Uh, we will never see that, but she teased it. Yeah, I mean, that that would be a cool match. I feel like the issue with Tomoki Inaba is that... Uh, She's so not real. Yeah, so many of these match. That's a good one. Um, so many of these matches are so not winnable for her, <laughs> especially without just without uh, Takataichi Mania existing, where she kind of has like the plot armor. Um, most of these matches are just not winnable for her, so she'll just no. never win a match again. <laughs> the with moment these, she's like, yeah, as, as long as long she's champion, she at least has some protection. But it means that she's not going to face anyone with importance. Exactly, and and like I think back to like the just the Takatachi Mania where she beat Suzu, right? Phenomenal match, by the way. Late twenty twenty two, tremendous match. But uh, that match worked because Suzu was also independent, and because it was on Takatachi Mania. And like I said, Tomoka kind of has plot armor on those shows, you know, because Taka is going to take care of her, his girl, you know. Yeah, and, and you know, it, it's, it's no, no disrespect to Suzu, but it's Suzu in 2022 who. That's was also like, true. It was a prominent Suzu. It wasn't. Um, who didn't have any politics and, and lost a bunch of matches all the time. Yeah, exactly. Um, it wasn't that difficult to beat Suzu. Uh, whereas I mean, now the, it's like. it's like She, she Tomoka, lost a, a no. Um, Inaba lost to no early this last year, so that's clean yeah. w- without having any chance of winning. Is that and it's not going to get your win back? Is that the mm-hmm. show they put up? Is, was it the Ano versus in, Inaba match? No, no, there wasn't another show. Um, there that's wasn't a JTO Goat special show where they also have oh, um, okay, okay, okay. Iroha versus Aoi. And, yeah, well, I, I, I was thinking about buying that one, but I was like, ah, it pays me to, <laughs> it pays <laughs> me to buy JTO. But yeah, uh, shouts out the Inubas, they're tremendous. Yeah. Moving on to the final UWF match of the show, we have Fujita Jr. Hayato defending his lead at UWF title. I would guess for the last time. Like um, against Minoru Tanaka. He won in 632 seconds uh, with the submission. We had TKO, I think. I think it was TKO. Um, match itself, you know, was solid. It, it's like. You don't have it's it's either hits or it's like nothing special, you know. Yeah. Uh, but of course, the big story coming out of this is that uh, Fujita's Junior Hayato's cancer's back. Um, the story there was back in oh God, when was it? Twenty nineteen, I think. When it was originally announced? No, it was twenty seventeen. Yeah, sorry. I was gonna say I think it's like earlier. 20, a bit earlier, I think. Um. 2018 it was. He was out injured in 2017 with an injury, and then 2018 he announced it. Um, he cut out 70% of the of the tumor in his back and left in 30% for the reason that he can that he can wrestle again, um, because otherwise he could not wrestle. Yeah. And now he has the problem. Of course, it it it. it Always had a chance that it comes back, and of course, we know how cancer is. Sadly, it always comes back if you don't do your best against it. Yeah. Um, that he now likely needs to, you know, cut out all of it, and with that, it will likely mean that he will not be able to wrestle ever again. Yeah. Which sucks. It, it does. sucks really. 
um, especially for such an uh, such an amazing story that he beat his cancer, coming back, overcame all of his all of his issues and all of that, and well, he's gonna get surgery mm-hmm. this month, I think. And either, then he's trying to either, beat it either later this month or early next month, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't have hope that he comes back. Yeah. And, I'm happy. You know, I'm happy he got to wrestle in the Tokyo Dome. Yeah, that was a cool moment. That was that popped me. I'm even, glad. Even if it was, ju- even if it was just him clowning on Yo and Show, uh, I'm happy that he got his little thing. Like, they got to. Yeah, that was that was a cool moment. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It it sucks for him. Of course, you know, you always wish him the best. I hope he beats totally, it. Totally. Um, but, you know, you're going to stay realistic at one point. Um, for the title itself, um, uh, Fujisa said he's going to take the title with him um, <laughs> to his to his hospital bed um, to give him power and all of that. I would be shocked if, if the title is going to be a thing anymore. Because it's crazy. The, this, this, the title was never a thing, really. Like Tekkenori Ito yeah. won it, dropped it, dropped it in his first defense. Hayato held it for like two hundred days, defended it once, and now he's you know gone. So. Hey, you know, it's interesting because the Takanori Ito winning and losing it was what really made me like Takanori Ito a lot. And I was like, oh, this guy kind of has something. And then he just hasn't done a single thing since he lost it. Um, love that. But yeah, I mean. The belt is not really necessary, you know. What I mean, like it's interest. It's interesting because I feel like the belt probably would have worked better if there was a if it was a woman's belt. You know what I mean? If if it was like Fukuda just doing open challenges every show, but it, I don't know. I think there's not really room for it in the male division, especially when when you know the champion for a long time was just not there. Yeah, and also. Um, Izuchi just doesn't he, he hasn't challenged for it. Who's yeah, like but he's also like, losing against some MMA guys they're bringing in all the time. So. Yeah. Yeah. But like really, like he he's like he's like the only guy who like does a shit ton of UWF rules matches. Yeah, in the best in the best case you just just it. leave yourself out of the UWF rules. <laughs> at yeah. this point. And I like UWF rules. Like as a principle, as a concept, I think they're really interesting. I think that like uh I think match stipulations are very underrated because I think that they have like a very specific thought process to them. And I think they're really cool, but yeah, I just feel like they don't really have the. I don't. Know, I don't think they're strong enough bookers to make this title work. No, they are not even strong enough bookers to make the main title work. Exactly. <laughs> Which. It, it sucks, but it is what it, it, it is. Yeah. What it is. I, I don't expect the title to be back. I hope Fujita comes back with it. But if the title itself, aside of the situation, why doesn't come back? I don't. I think it's a positive for Kalate. Yeah, probably. I mean, I think I think Bat Yoshinaga should should win it personally, but she might be dead. I don't even actually know. Honestly, <laughs> yeah. She, yeah. She's a she's an old school reference right there. Moving on to the third last match, um, a comeback match. Kaidushida defeats Takehiro Yamamura in 50 minutes and 20 seconds. Uh, this was Yamamura's first match since 2019 uh, in Wrestle 1, where he suffered a really serious neck injury. 
Um, I, I don't remember out of my head how it happened, but he couldn't move after that, was, was stretched out and all of that, and it took him four and a half years to come back. And I would say for a comeback after four and a half years, he looked really good, especially for yeah. someone who has two serious neck injuries. Yeah, I, I kind of just skimmed this one, but I thought that he did definitely impress me because I was like, damn, he's been gone for a minute. Like, uh, I wonder how he does. And he, he did a really solid job. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm rocking with him. I'm happy that he's back. I think that, like, that long of a neck injury is brutal. You know, being out for that long is, is really insane. I couldn't even imagine. So I'm, I'm happy that I'm happy he came back. And I'm happy that it was against um, Ishida, who I am a big fan of. I thought that, like, the yeah, man he, he did. Yeah, he was, he was a perfect, perfect opponent for him to come back and all of that. You, you would hope, you know, you would hope that he stick that, that Yamamura sticks around. But of course, with such a serious neck injuries, it's always, well, you gotta be cautious. Yeah, you gotta be cautious, and, and especially in such a style that, that pro wrestlers work. Yeah, especially you know, considering all the suplex bumps he takes, he will take all that. I mean, it's it's part of the reason why Shibata yeah, is I was not wrestling should, should, anymore. He should go to Ring of Honor. <laughs> they will book you in your WWF matches. No, no, <laughs> sorry. UWF matches is better than pure rules. But, you know. Oh, I understand. I it's, love it's... a good UWF match. Well, I, I would just give thumbs up for this match. I think Yamamura did well. He's going to look good out there. I hope he sticks around. I hope he can stick around. It's all you can hope for. And I hope Kaido Shida gets something better in 2024 than he had this year. Post his side run. I agree wholeheartedly on both fronts. The semi-main event, uh, the Saito Bros, Junarei Saito defeated Samoa Watanabe and Yuya Susumu in 10 minutes, 29 seconds to retain their Tekken titles for the ninth time. Jesus. They're up to nine already? <laughs> yeah, they are defending it all the time. I don't know. Uh, it was a solid match, nothing special. I don't think this should have been of such a big show, considering Yuya Susumu in 2023 is, like, not good. Um, yeah, I, I do like Soma Watsonabe a lot. I'm glad um, he gets this big spot, but you know, getting these big spots and always losing them doesn't help him. Yeah, at some point. I mean, that's just kind of the great story, though. I mean, like, look at what I just said about um about homeboy um Takanori Ito, right? Like, I think he is tremendous, and he I don't know the last time he's won a match. <laughs> like, honestly, like like a match of like that I could point out, like shit, he. He just keeps losing, and he's one of their one of their new generation guys. You know what I mean? He's one of the guys who would think they would push. Yeah, like he he feels like an easy, like maybe not a layup, but it's like oh well, he's good. So like you know, just kind of have him be kind of prominent, but they just don't really. Yep. I don't know. I I would just to... just skip to the main event because the for the side of bros, they will never drop the belt until they are either booking like some freeway, or they drop the. Drop the Old Japan World title, Tag Team titles because yeah, it ma- makes no sense for Old Japan to not politic that. Then in the main event, we had the rematch from the Sumo Hall show. Hmm. Uh, T Hawk defense against Hayato Tamura. Uh, shout out Takamichi Noku. Yeah, two days he, in a row. It's two days in a row. He gets his yeah his 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 girls and boys are winning. 
It's it's Taka's influence in Kuro Joshi wrestling outside of the big or out of New Japan is tremendous at this point. He's like everywhere. Um, yeah. I mean, he he is like probably the best trainer in wrestling, in of of this generation. I would say, uh, just because like he he trains such like consistently. Like if if somebody gets out of JTO, if you see somebody outside JTO, they're good. You know, what I mean, like he has some guys in the you know, in the trenches that are still there that haven't really made it out, that aren't necessarily great. But anybody that you see um, and are like, oh, where are they from? And it's from JTO, it means that they're probably good. Because um, is just an insane trainer. Yeah. You know, I mean, considering we, we don't even know how, how who he even trained all that. We, we know some of them because, of course, of, yeah. of JTO, but we don't know who of the... Um, um, Jesus, how is it called? Not two two aw the 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 one before Kentai Dojo. Uh, yeah, Kentai. Uh, uh, yeah, Kentai. Uh, we we don't even know how many of them he trained because of course Mirai was Tucker trainee, uh, yeah. white belt champion. Oh, former white belt champion, of course. <laughs> There's so many more. So pretty much in all promotion at this point, it's Tucker and Hayato Tomorrow is one of the more promising ones, I would say. Uh, he was someone people expected to go to New Japan because he is just that talented that you would think that he would go to New Japan. Uh, yeah, he's but tremendous. I, but I think the story was that he declined and, and joined Clayton instead or something like that. That's insane. So <laughs> it was something like that. I don't know. I don't know for sure. Because, yeah, Hayato Tamura is very good. Um yeah. Oh, this was a very good match overall. Um, I, I also liked the Ria Goku match, but I thought this match was a bit more. It was a bit more compelling to watch because it was yeah. shorter. Yeah, and it, yeah, just kind of like it flowed better. It didn't have any like hanging points, which I think T Hawk has kind of had in a lot of his matches, his his title matches, is that there are just points where it's just like, damn, I'm still watching this match. Okay. Uh, before Wrap it, it up, it. please. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then yeah. eventually it gets really good, but it, it's like there's always that moment where it's like, oh, damn, this is still going. <laughs> yeah, it, it was for me a really good match. It was better than the first one. Um, mm, I agree. Uh, Tamora wins with the Lariat and crowns her the, the fourth champion, Shirex champion, of course. Uh, totally the right one at air. They corrected the things, the, the, what they did wrong in the Sumo Hall, in my opinion, because for me, they could have done the switch in a Sumo Hall. Um, mm. Because after that, Tiox run didn't really have any meaning anyway, so it would have mattered. But at least they did it now and can start off 2024 with, with a good and fresh new champion, which is always important. Totally, I agree. Um, well, you know, you, you're going over T-Hawk's title run, mm. it, it was good. I mean, I enjoyed the Kaido Ishida match. As did I, as did I. And I like the Sumo Watanabe match, but what I think he was missing outside, of course, the, the first match is just this, this this fantastic, great match that, um, for example, Lindemann had with with Shigehiro Irie or, or with Doki. Mm. And um, yeah. that Kaido Shida, for example, had. He had, had a great one with, with Kasuma Sakamoto and um, Lindemann, of course, when he won the belt, which were both better for me than the T of one. 
So Tiok just just missed this sometimes. Uh, similar to Mirai, just this outstanding match that elevates the title title run to the next level, pretty much. Yeah, and I think T Hawk is kind of hit or miss. Like he's he's good, but he's kind of hit or miss. But when he hits, it's usually pretty good. You know, what I mean, like he, yeah. he he has a pretty high ceiling for these matches. I I probably would say this might be my favorite of the defenses I've seen of T Hawks. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely. Just because, uh, yeah, I, yeah, I think if not yeah. the first one where he won the belt, but yes. Yeah, maybe. I, I'm not. I'm not sure. I don't remember that one very well, actually. It was uh, really good. But, you know, it's, it's the the thing is with Tiong is just he's too inconsistent to be the ace they want to. Be, yeah, yeah. Him to be. Which Alinaman, for example, if he's motivated, is like you know he's consistently out there killing it. Totally. While Tiong is like, you can expect everything from good to great, but not like not these outstanding matches that you want him to have. As someone who carries the company on his back, pretty much the same. Hmm. That, which is also why he he was also you know seen as a failed main event wherever he went. Uh, why he <laughs> never got pushed in Dragon Gate. Why why you know his his wrestle one run did work out the well the way he wanted to and all of that. So you know who who knows what's going to happening with him next. Um, I have a prediction later on that, but we will come to that. Yes, we will. So, moving on, I would say, to the Waste Show. Oh, God. We just talked about the two title matches and, of course, the opener. The opener was um, Kahaku um, facing off against Stardom's Starlight Kid. And, well, Starlight Kid won with the Black Tiger Luck Hill. What a move in 30 minutes, 25 seconds. And Isn't that the numero dos? Is that what? Uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty much a numero dos. It's, it's yeah, like like dos. I don't know. She, she, I'm she not calling it the leg destroyer, man. I, I've, black I've tiger, <laughs> black tiger. I leg hate leg that shit so much. <laughs> but since since we have the biggest dollar kid fan here, um, oh, tell me your thoughts about this match. I thought this was like not good, and it was very concerning to me because I was like. Oh no! Because like I'm, Go, I mean Go this Haku. in the nicest way possible. Stalag kid got so slow. Oh my compared god! Compared to where it's, she was, it's and very of course it's her injury. You know, you, you know, she, she pretty. I'm I'm sure she's still in pain because it it seemed to be a serious injury. Yeah. No. Totally. But and she worked on it for way longer than she should have. Yeah, she worked an entire month with it, including title matches. Oh, yeah, that, that that's another thing. It's you know, Jesus, man. I mean, <laughs> yeah, the, the match I, it just did not work for me. Um, I liked it, but you know, I expect better from Starlight Kid against Kohaku. Yeah, and I think Kohaku is like insanely good, especially in these kind of like lower card spots, single spots. Um, she can usually kind of cook something up really well, but it just it just didn't work for me. I was very disappointed. And this made me very concerned about the potential uh, kid singles run that we might be facing. Oh, yeah, we are getting a 300-day run. <laughs> see if her ankle works by the end of 300 days. <laughs> yeah, you, you say this, but you know that I'm not the biggest sorry a new big match title. Big match. Yeah. Match, so. <laughs> Maybe it's going to be better. I, I hope for the best. Uh, but, but she's definitely winning the belt, so. 
Um, I know. I, people are saying that she's not, and I was like, you guys have more hope than I do. She's winning this. Come on. She's, I mean, if she if she's not winning it here, then she wins it at, at Old Star Grand Queendom. She, she either she's winning it here or, or later in the year, yeah. Yeah, she she she's she's holding it the belt by Queendom, between Queendom at the end mm. of the year. At at the latest. So if if not, she gets injured or something like that. But um, for, for the match itself, of course, I it, it was this typical high high speed style match that you would expect them to have. Just you know, Starlight Kid is not really on 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 you know back in one hundred percent to work this, and it's all good. You know, you can't blame her. It's it's you know injuries and all that. It sucks for the match itself. But a question for you: hmm. When Starlight Kid got booked for this match? Do you think this was originally Nozaki's return match? Potentially. Because um, I'm pretty sure this was Nozaki's return match. At the end I wouldn't be time. surprised. I, I wouldn't be surprised if, if the idea was like, oh, well, we're going to get a kid wave date by the end of the year. And it was, it's. It, let's hope it's Nozaki. And then the end of the year came, Nozaki's gone. They're like, well, we'll, we'll get kid in here against Kohaku, I guess. Like, I, 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 could, I don't think it was as set in stone. I imagine they probably knew earlier that Nozaki was not. Yeah, of course. Well, of course, we, we don't know when um, when um, Nozaki officially said to, to wave. Okay, I'm leaving. Yeah, exactly, but I do uh, imagine she, that she they probably had. She, disa she disappeared in at the end of August, so I don't think they would. You know, book. I don't know how how far ahead you would need to book Star Wrestlers. Yeah, I, I imagine they would have. They had like a loan deal. Like they had a deal with kid that's like, oh, we'll get you in a in a match by the end of the year with Wave, uh, and I wouldn't be surprised if initially when that was like brought up, it was going to be against Nozaki, um, but I, I don't think it was like, I don't think Kohaku was like a wrong choice here. I no, think no, the match no. didn't work for me. She, she needed it more because Kohaku is someone that it it sucks for her. Mm. She since since the other two rookies debuted, she's pretty much in the shadow now in the background which is interesting because she's probably better than the other two rookies i mean she's definitely better than the other two and she, she's definitely better she's one of the better she's one of the best young girls uh, young girls yeah. you know but it's it's just you notice with her that she doesn't get the push that she should get because she's not a wave shiny yeah and i think i think a big part of it is that it's like when she gets that push she's going to need the belt and i don't think they're ready to commit to that i think that like Kazuna and Hinoka getting the tag belts, they're they can commit to that. They're fine with that. You know, like that. That's not like a heavy. Yeah, to, to be fair, to be fair, they will like you drop the belts anyway soon because they exactly. cannot beat many. I, I think the rematch. Uh, we will come to that, but I think that they have a rematch in, uh, instantly at the Kurikin against Risa and Saki, and they will not win this. Uh, so yeah, giving you know, right. so so giving someone like Hanaka and Kizun like a thirty day reign is, is something different than, than because Kohaku is someone you need to invest in. Exactly, like you need to really like, like instantly. Like if if you if you push uh, Hanaka and Kizuna over the next three to four years and then give them their their brains, it's gonna be fine because they're rookies now. Kohaku is now in her sixth year as a professor. I think it seems very long. She debuted in 2018? When did yeah, she debut? Yeah, so five years. Yeah. So, you know, it's 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 tough for her. It, it's likely part of just part of just, you know, she's not homegrown. You, mm. you would hope she gets something in 2024, even though it's just a tag title run. 
because he didn't even get that. She's kind of gotten screwed in certain senses because, like, I feel like the thing, like, her ticket to getting, like, a big spot was her rivalry with Suzu, and then Suzu dipped. You know what I mean? And like, like, also, like her, yeah, her kind of tag team partner, Yuki Miyazaki, got into the A spot now. So, yeah, she, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, it's like, it is hard for Kohaku. Uh, she's kind of has kind of bad luck in that sense. Yeah. But moving on, I think, to the two title matches because they were the big ones here. I do want to mention very quickly the Vive V5 match. I don't know what the fuck was going on. There was like a trivia segment, there was a slow mo segment. Uh, Yeah, yeah. It was multi falls. Like, I knew it was going to be like wacky, but I was just like, I don't know what the fuck I'm watching right now. (laughs) Um, It was fascinating. Like, I just, and I just kept watching because I was like, okay, we're still here. and also, Megumi Yabushita was in it, which is like I know she's she's still around, but it's very funny to just see Megumi Yabushita just around, you know, because like she was like one of the best technical wrestlers of the two thousands, and she just like isn't like in most companies, so her just being like, "Hey, I'm here." <laughs> so yeah, she, it's like it's like her first major match in a promotion outside of the Ichi Dojo and like like uh, the uh, Tiger Tiger Mask One. Um, uh, Sayama promotion is like the first match outside of that, like forever for her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think, I think was like, what the fuck? I think she had like some Diana bookings earlier this year, earlier last year, but otherwise she's just in the Ito Dojo and, and training trainees and all that. So it's, it's, it's at least something she does. Huh? Exactly. I was just like, I was just like, damn, hey, 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 boost. <laughs> what's up? <laughs> then we'll move on, of course, to the co main event. We have. Risa Sarah and Saki defending their Wave Tech Team titles for the first time unsuccessfully against Harmony with uh, written wrong because it's normally with a Y. But they apparently, say, apparently, this is a way that some some countries spell Harmony. Yes, Germany. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> but That's you know, you, would, <laughs> you, you you would expect them to 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 write it with a Y. But I don't yeah. Know. Um, Honaka and Kizuna got a Takim theme, which I think is, is a pretty solid theme. Um, I, I wish it had lyrics for some reason. I don't know if it doesn't. It'd be cool. But yeah. Uh, to the match itself. Um, you, you notice that Kizuna and Honaka just getting thrown into these big spots and just need to swim for their lives. Yeah, yeah. This it's is, something Wave loves to do. This was longer than like the sweet spot for them, but it was definitely on purpose where they're like, we need them to really just like, we we need to, they need to, yeah, it's a sink or swim sort of thing. Like we it's, need to throw sim- them in the deep end and have what, them go long. Yeah. Similar to what Taka does sometimes when he just says, okay, you are a three months rookie, have fun with 15 minutes. Yeah. And just, you know, and of course the charm of this match was not the match quality itself, but rather the, the moment at the end with Honoka and Kizuna, Kizuna beating Risa Saru with the heat clutch from her father, uh, Minoru Tanaka. Shouts up. Shouts up. Yeah, so, I, I thought that the I thought they worked as good underdogs. I, I do think that I yeah, they were good that they they really sold everything well. Um, I'm not a big Saki fan. As I'm sure many people know, I like Risa Sarah a lot, but like 
I don't really expect much out of Saki matches personally. So mm-hmm. I thought this match was a good performance from everybody. Um, I, I was I was not disappointed. So yeah, I, I I enjoyed it. It was long, especially for two rooks that don't really have a lot of the moves to kind of fill up that space when they no. need to come back or whatnot. Especially, especially Kizuna. Honoka has more of a moveset than Kizuna has. Yeah, because yeah, Kizuna's exactly. moveset is, is built around a lot of technical and submission moves, mm-hmm. which is not perfect for the for these comebacks that they are trying to. Yeah, and here. she yeah, and she's a bit more. Hanoka is a bit more of a flashy wrestler, so you need the moves to be flashy. So she has yeah. the moves, of course. Um, you know, I yeah, like I said, the the ending of course was was cool. Hanoka and Kizuna yeah. debuted in April. Um, so eight months until the first title win. It will not be a long title reign because, you know, in the end, they're rookies and they can't beat everyone. We, we, I, I doubt they win more than one match. And if they already booked that Saki Risa match. Uh... <laughs> if, if you rebook this, yeah, then it's over. Especially after Saki and Risa had like the singles match again, but they now are back on the same side. So it's, it's, <laughs> it's over for them. <laughs> but at okay. least, you know, I think... Just think the accomplishment itself means more than how long the rain goes because Joshi Resist, especially that early in the career, gets get off nothing. So I'm getting yeah. To... I mean, there are plenty of Joshi Resses I can think of that like just haven't won belts in like five years. <laughs> you know, like and they're still considered rookies. Like, I mean, look at look at we'll talk about it in a in a little bit. Um, it's wild that that was this past month, the, the Magenta match. But, like, you look at Magenta, you know what I mean? You look at Maria, she... It took her a long-ass time to win anything. Uh, whereas the Wave rookies, they already got that gold. Yeah, they got it, and, well, they will run with it. <laughs> For now, yeah. Then, moving on to the main event, it was Veni defending her Regina de Wave belt for the first time, and the only time, uh, against Yuki Miyazaki, Pretty much now the new ace of Wave after the departure of Nozaki. Hmm. Um, what I think was really cool was that Benny came out in white because they kind of aimed, which is a typical Yuki Miyazaki trope, kind of aimed with the hard, hardcore style in the matches, um, which which goes back to the hardcore matches they actually had against each other um, earlier this year. There, there's some, yeah, there's some killer. They, they had one where they team together against uh, Junka Sai and Saki or something like that, all of that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think um, you're right. So, and they had one at the beginning of the year with with Susan of Freeway. Um, so that was that was really cool to see uh, th- th- because Venny and White with blood all over it was just looking badass. Uh, can't lie. Totally, totally. No, I agree. Uh, how did you feel about the match itself? Because Yuki Miyazaki is hit or miss from me in these spots. Yeah, I, I love Yuki Miyazaki. I'm a big fan of hers. Um, I thought this match was really, really good. I, I loved yes. it. Uh, yeah, I, th- I think it was the best best match she had, a singles match she had in, in a really long time. Yeah, I mean, I, I've usually liked her tag matches more. Um, like, mm-hmm. I still think about this one hardcore match that her and Hibiscus Me had against um, against Prominence. From like from the Kurikan in twenty twenty two. Yeah. Or, yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. The, the Nozaki Takasa show, yeah. 
yeah, I loved that match. I thought that match mm-hmm. was tremendous. I still think about that. Like, I, I think Miyazaki's a great tag wrestler, but I also think that's like she deserved to get her big Regina moment. Like, this has been so long in the making at this point. She's uh, been in a promotion for like since the beginning, since the first show, and she never got it. So, yeah, we're I mean, getting it. This is cool. I like. I'm looking now. She's never won a no. singles title that wasn't the Iron Man heavy metal weight. No, no. It's, it's like first major single title and I don't oh, think... She, she won the Queen Elizabeth at one point. But still. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, uh, that's insane. And I'm very happy that she that she got her moment. I was worried. If it wasn't now, I don't think she would have ever been able to. Like, that's kind of where I was at. So they, I'm they happy kind of, she got it. They kind of walked themselves into it because um, because of, of course, Nozaki leaving all of that. But Miyazaki had this Kurokin Hall main event last year against Karoshida for the Regenerative Wave belt. Mm-hmm. That was really good. I wrote about see, it, actually. Oh, yeah. I, re- I remember reading that. I remember reading that. Um, see, and at first I was like, oh, damn, I think that might have been her last shot. Because, like, you know, after that, it kind of she started slowing down a little bit. She was a little bit less, putting a little bit less effort into certain things, especially the singles matches I would see from her. Um, and it, it just was, that was a little sad, you know, because I am a big Miyazaki fan. Uh, and I was really hoping for the best. So I am really happy she won it. And I think getting all of the belts back on the wave, uh, you know, signed wrestlers is a good way to start the year, right? Especially it... especially the top belt. Because yeah, yeah. Let, let's be real. I'm, I'm sorry, Yuki Miyazaki, but she's not someone that wave would protect, you know, wave would protect that much and can just lose to everyone. Mm-hmm. Considering... Ask as someone we know, you know, doesn't drop faults to, to many, if not any wrestlers. So, you know, getting the belt offered to just have this opportunity to give the belt now to everyone they want to, including technically, not saying it's going to happen, but including technically Kohaku, someone of the rookies, hmm. is now back in play, which is really good and important yeah. for a promotion like Wave. I, I actually yes. I talked to Scott about that the other day, is that it's like Yuki Miyazaki holding the belt means that anybody can win the belt. You know, because cause that is a wave decision. You know, because Yuki Miyazaki is wave. Like, yeah. you know, I, I know she doesn't necessarily own it, but she is very much, you know, among the top she, she's, the she's not someone that doesn't, that like protects herself all the time and never takes pinfalls. Yeah, she, she, can, she can lose to somebody um, a little bit off. Like, Shida was only going to lose to Veni or Nozaki. You know what I mean? Like I think that's like I I, I expected her to drop at at some point to Sakurai Rata we have count out. <laughs> that would have been sick. I, they should have done that. I I was that, that far just Nozaki was not back and I was like okay just drop it via count out please. They should have done that uh, and had Sakurai go on one more crazy run, um, and just randomly being like a workhorse. I love workhorse Sakurai She's great. But yeah, like you know, I I think that like it would have been hard to take the belt off of Shida. So they put it on Venny. And it kind of would have been hard to take off the belt off of Venny in certain senses. So they put it on Yuka Miyazaki. And I'm happy Miyazaki has it because now it's like there is a lot of intrigue in her title range for me. Because it's like I'm interested in who takes it off her. I think anybody really can. Because you're right, Kohaku can. Uh, Itsuke Yoki can. Right? Like there are wrestlers that they kind of. Miyuka Takase can. I mean, she doesn't really win, but she could. Uh, yeah, it's her chance pretty much now. Yeah. Like, I think there's a real good... It, it opens things up a lot more than they once were. And I'm happy about that. And, yeah, speaking about challengers that could take the belt off her, 
after the match, um, we had uh, we had the um, C1 set one, which is a popularity voting hmm. based off, I think, emails and and ticket sales. So how much you you sell tickets via your DMs and all of that, and the winner of that gets a a Regina the Wave title shot at the February fourth Korean Hall show, and um, unsurprisingly, uh, Haruko Mizaki won it because of course she's the idol, and you know <laughs> we know how popular idols are and how popular she is. Um, she won it and is going to challenge Yuki Miyazaki on February fourth. Um, on paper, right now, if Umizaki surviving the Unagi challenge. It's the free WD world champion against the Regina the Wave champion, which is on paper a huge match in KP. Mm-hmm. It's pretty much two of the biggest Josh yeah, the champions. Is that the it's at the Korokan main event. Yes. Yeah, I mean, like I, that match will either be very, very good or very bland, because I I feel similarly about these two. I think they're both kind of hit or miss for me. Um, I think they both have. Umezaki is not the typical main event wrestler. Exactly. That's that's what it is. That's like I, which is I'm a bit skeptical, but it could really, really impress me. Which is which is part of not his her fault because she never gets these matches. Um, Yeah, she's champion for like nine months and had like one title defense against Mm -hmm. Takaru Sakaguchi. So it's like you know. If you would give her some some kind of you know more matches to work with, then she can improve with that. I don't think she beats Miyazaki. I don't no, even know she, she beats. Beat I don't even. I don't even know if she beats um, Unagi um, because Unagi is Unagi at this point now. She wins matches at this point, which is surprising it's considering she did strange. not. <laughs> she, she started to win matches in the past couple of months out of nowhere. Yeah, I feel like Unagi's at her best when she doesn't win matches, personally. <laughs> but that's just me. No, I, I personally just think that you should not give the world title of your A, of your future top A's to Unagi. But, but considering how they would build it up is anyway that Unagi just you know just just wins it and drops it back to Umezaki because it's like what they do all the time. Um, that that being said, it's it's at least cool to see a, a fresh Kurikinol main event without mm-hmm. you know it's it's perfect example of what Miyazaki's reigns could be with just all these younger challengers except and not the typical top stars challenging and you have open matches with open winners all the time so that's cool to see. Yeah, totally, I agree. I'm excited for so, for 2024 progressing wave. Press, yeah, it's always cool. But now, the now next call up, call up Inaba, call up the Inabas and get them in there, please. <laughs> you need them. Speaking of promotions to look out for in 2024, um, our favorite promotion, Oz Academy, had a Kurokan Hall hmm. show on December 30th. I'm sorry, I, I Oz is so interesting because they have like one of the strongest rosters in the world. In term, not not like like personal rosters, but like like the people on this card. Are so fucking insane <laughs> when you actually like think about yeah. the like it's it's insane and it's just it's Oz Academy so it's like it's Oz Academy it's Oz Academy right so we had 888 fans in the Hall, which is a fantastic number I would say for Oz Academy mm-hmm. um, they continue to be the number three in in, in the Joshi. 
Yeah, I mean, which, Oz Academy has always been kind of like that strangely, yeah, they, uh, strangely popular with, with with yeah. they, they have the fan base that always comes to the shows. Exactly. Oh, we had uh, two matches that I checked out. Did you check out anything on on the card? I, I, I checked out the entire ma- the entire show. Oh, okay. um, because I saw the 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 Momoringo return. Ta- or I wouldn't say return match, but it was reuniting uh, against Hiro Matsumoto and Selwyn's and Paper and Fire. That was cool. Yeah, I oh, I didn't watch the entire show. I didn't watch the opener with uh, Ozaki Gun versus Yonayama yeah. Kato. Uh, but from there, I did watch the rest. Um, yeah, Tsukiyoki's dope. I, I feel like she's such an effort wrestler, um, as I call people, because Tsukiyoki might not be, like, the best wrestler's wrestler, but she is always just fucking, like, I am going to make this match good if it's the last thing I fucking do. And I thought she kind of did that with the triple threat match, the Pioneer title. Um, I thought that was fun. And then, yeah, the tag match was also very, very fun. Mesa Ruga... I, I say this like every time I see her wrestle, but it is so incredible to me how someone who like almost exclusively trains on a mat has such incredible control of the ropes. Yeah. Um, like her springboards are some of the most beautiful I've ever seen. And I'm just like, you barely wrestle in a ring. <laughs> like how, 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 how are you like this? But yeah, I thought that match was also very, very fun. Yeah. I, I you know, I'm, I'm not the biggest fan of her, of her cute stick. Um, but that's just mm-hmm. me. But like Maysuga is just you know straight up wrestling. She, she's just awesome at it, and she just knows what she's doing. Yeah. And especially you know um, the the match with with um, Kevin Miyamazaki that's coming up, or Kate, or it's coming or it's coming out soon. It's, it's also going to be interesting because I would say it's the first singles big, biggest singles match Miyamazaki had in like since Tsutami won. <laughs> No, uh, I, I would say since the Ano one, to, to be fair. Oh, yeah, true. I forgot the Ano one. And Nanea, of course. Um, yeah. She had, a, she had a couple of those. Of those okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I forgot about the trial series. Yeah. But but yeah, um, since since that ended, since the Ano one, she hasn't really had anything yeah. to sink her teeth into. So, so it's going to be interesting to see how how May is going to do there, because I think she, we, we know what, what she can do. So with seeing mm-hmm. her with, with someone like Amazaki is, is going to be interesting. Uh, her tech team together with Hanazono is awesome. I, I yeah, need to I like say that. They should do stuff more often together, but sadly it doesn't work out. I don't know why. Uh, Hanazono okay. is like an underground legend. Hana, <laughs> yeah, Meisuke should just come more often to Osaka. Then it would work out. Yeah, exactly. But, yeah. Speaking of the two, uh, so moving on to the two matches that are the big ones on the show, we have an Oz Academy open ti- open weight title number one contender elimination six man tag team survival showdown match. We have Miyamoto defeating Kahaku, Rina Yamashita, Ryo Mizunami, Sari Anu, and Tsubasa Kurigaki in 36 minutes and 70 seconds. So this match had special rules. It was. Mm. They were paired together in two teams. We have Ryo Mizunami, Tsubasa Gorikaki, and Kakun as one team, and then Miyu Momono, Rina Yamashita, and Sariyanu in the other team. And the rules pretty much were that it's, it's pretty much an elimination rules, and when one team gets fully eliminated, the other team fights off either like in a singles match or in a freeway match. But of mm-hmm. course, if the last match is a single, like if, you know, like it was here, 
Ryo Mizunami facing off against Minamono, of course, then the winner is just the winner. <laughs> yeah. Way too complex. But I, I, I didn't mind it. I, I, I was the complexity was that it, they didn't give the who was on what team very clearly, like on cage match or on anything really. So that's no, why I was like, no. that's annoying. Um but like this match is a perfect example of what I mean by Azakami having one of the most insane rosters at their disposal. Because, like, they have uh, Subasa Kuragaki, right? Who, like, has never been, like, great, but she's a legend, right? And I think that's something that Azakami has that a lot of companies don't, is they have these, like, wrestlers who are still competent, like these legends that are still competent. We're, let's not talk about the last match. Um, we have a lot, like, these wrestlers who, like, can still go and are, you know, the Akinos and whatnot that I find a lot of interest in. Uh, but then we have the other five. And it's like, this is an all-star trope, like, troop of people right here. You know what I mean? And this match... You had to wonder if Sodom champion in it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Rio Mizunami is going to become a call-in to Soriano and to, to Rossi Ogawa. Because um, she deserves her, her Wonder of Sodom championship match. She pinned the girl. But, like, this is the first time since uh, Mikoto Shindo left uh, Marvelous that uh, Mio Momono and now Kohaku, have ever interacted. And that was, a like, in that's ring, insane. Yeah, yeah, yeah like, in the yeah, ring, in the at ring. least, yeah. Um, like, that's insane that that's just a thing that just happened on this Oz Academy show. You know, I mean, Rina Yamashita hasn't... We haven't really seen a ton of Rina, like, just wrestling lately. She's been doing a lot of death matches, a lot of American shows. Uh, and when she is in Japan, it's usually Freedoms, for, like, YMZ yeah. or Freedoms. Freedoms. You know, it's, it's yeah. not really, like, a... She doesn't get a lot of work rate outings. And so she got this one here. I also haven't seen her without her her uh, hair done in a long time. Like, with her hair just down. I was like, damn. <laughs> I didn't know she still did that. Uh, and yeah, Rio Mizunami was insane. Her and Mia Momono did great stuff. I just thought this match was really, really fun. I loved it. It, it was, yeah, it was great. I think, you know, while Mia was winning, the, the focus on this match was clearly on Rio Mizunami. was like, Pretty much in an underdog role and and fought her way back from a three we one when um Mew and 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 I think it was Rina um eliminated Kaku and Spaza and then it was just um Ryo Mizunami pinning Sari first and she pinned Yamashita and then of course she went one 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 with Mio when they had a little bit of a singles match sequence at the end. Yeah. Um considering how the match late was laid out, um it, I knew the result, but considering how the match laid out, it felt like Ryu should have won this, kind of. But in the end, it was uh, Mio who... I'm just hoping they give us the singles match straight up. Oh, yeah, I hope so. Mio Momono... Um, Would be first spoiler, ever, I think. Won the, uh, won the gimmick, yeah. Let me, let me check that out. I think it would be first time ever. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it, it's... Oh, they, they ran it once in uh, Sendai. Sendai. Okay, of course. Then. But that that was a different Mia Momono. 2018. That was that's different. Uh, pre guy Pre Um, uh, Mia Momono is a different wrestler to post guyism. Mia Momono. Yeah. Yeah. It. It. You know. I thought the, the dramatic here was great. It's worth checking out. The stipulation is oh, a bit certainly. confusing, but you will get into it really quickly. Yeah. No, I totally agree. This, for, if it, of any match on the show, that's the match to check out. Yeah. And of course, with that, Mio is able to challenge Akino for the Oz Academy Openweight title on January 7th, which already happened. 
And if you want to see, of course, the match is already out there. If you, of course, want to hear the review on it um, next next month, I will like to ask Scott because he asked me to be on it again. So I will ask Scott to come on of this. He's a big Miyamomono fan, so you have fun with this. Yes. <laughs> And I hear the match was good because it's Akino. And Akino, even even though Akino is way past their prime. I, th- um, I think Alex didn't like it. Oh, Alex didn't like it. I, I don't think he did. Uh, he, I, he at least I, wasn't I, as high as others. Yeah, but Alex is strange about that sort of thing. Like, like Alex was saying, like, like this uh, big six person, he, he, they were like... Uh, Oh, you guys need to see this. It's 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 one of the best year end matches. Of, of, I was like, that's just not true. Um, you know, it was it, it was, was really it was good. Very good. Don't get me wrong. And I, like I said, I recommend anybody watch it. But Alex has strange tastes and hyperbolic tastes sometimes. <laughs> just saying. Yeah, love the homie, but it's the truth. He saw sorry on new and gave it five stars. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Hmm. Then we, we had the main event of the show. Yago Yokoda and Mayumi Ozaki. Oh God. Defeated uh, Chihiro Hashimoto and Yu in 80 minutes, 35 seconds to retain the Ozakimini tag team titles for the second time. <sighs> I, I, I send you the note. About this one, man. <laughs> it, it was an old people wins the match and a nothing. And pretty much, well, nothing happened. You know, and I team. like old woman Jaguar Yakota relatively. Like, I think that she is uh, like she you can know, move for you know, novel- she... for the novelty. Like, I think that she is like she delivers more than she doesn't. You know, what I mean, if you have the understanding that it's like, oh well, Jaguar Yakota is like the oldest Joshi wrestler. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it, with that knowledge, it's like, oh, she's pretty good. Like, you know, but this match just didn't work for me. They were wrestling no. one of the best tag teams in the world, and they just could not. They just couldn't find it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I do not like uh, Ozaki and Jaguar as a tag team. Yeah. Like at all. No, it's 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 not work. I would I, say I they mean, both. I would say they both do better work apart from each other. And that's like, not saying a ton for Ozaki because I don't see a ton of great Ozaki work personally. But uh, that is saying a lot for Jaguar. I, I I've seen fun Jaguar matches um, when they don't include Mayumi Ozaki in recent memory. Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty much nothing. I like the finish where um, you and Hashimoto went for the double power bomb, and then the finish just came out of nowhere with the miss. The cool roll up that was the only cool part. I appreciate that. Me. Yeah. But nothing I would recommend, and I would love to just 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 move on from it because that's just because this is just a prime example of why I'm not into Oz getting me as much as I want to. Yeah, like I said, like Oz Academy has such a so much going for them. Uh, they are one of the most open uh, companies, you know, like in terms of Joshi Indies, because all the Joshi Indies kind of have these like all-star cards, right? Like they all use a lot of the freelancers. But Oz Academy just has like that extra oomph of certain wrestlers, you know, like Ryu Mizunami being a regular there. Um, she isn't a regular in, in Wave as much or, or even in, uh, in Seedling as much. You know, you get a Kohaku who is from Wave but doesn't really wrestle outside of wave much. She's wrestling in Oz Academy. Give me a Momono in who's, who's wrestles almost exclusively in marvelous nowadays wrestling in Oz Academy. Like they have such Itsuke Aoki who wrestles everywhere, but you know, just wrestles continues to wrestle on such a high level in Oz Academy. Like they have such a crazy, they have such crazy potential that they just will never live up to. <laughs> yeah. 
yeah yeah it's 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 i mean it works for the fan base you know the numbers yeah, proved you know. right so well it's Who just a taste thing yeah then moving on to another promotion that i can't get into <laughs> yeah big japan for wrestling we had a curriculum yeah. show on december 30th 801 fans which is a good number for them likely mainly because of the yeah and push. boost um, well, we had three title matches. We begin first off with the Big Japan Junior Heavyweight title match. It was Kachi Tomato losing his belt to Ender Kara from Sweden. Um, shout out to him. He Can wrestled a say... lot in, in WXW. So oh, yeah. Cool. Um, two things. One, they named a show BJW Bakagaijin Strikes Back. And I think that's very funny. <laughs> that's a very <laughs> funny name for a show. Um, but yeah, I thought... I've seen wrestlers who wrestle like Ender Kara um, who are bad. So I appreciate that he's just like, he's solid. You know what I mean? Because like you can do Ender Kara's style very poorly, but he he's he's fine. You know what I mean? He's, he's decent. Um, so yeah. I appreciate him. I thought he did a good job. And yeah. So, you know. Kaji Tomato was also crazy name, by the way. Kaji Tomato. But uh, it was a solid match. Yeah, it was a solid match, which which sums up the title the title run of of Kachi Tomato really well because he held like the belt for like nine eight months or so mm. and his matches were all solid which which is you know you know you you can't have all these great matches of course in the big Japan with, with the junior division they have but they they came off the um Kodasiki Fuda run which which he had like some insane matches he had this this Fuminori Abe match in, in February that people talked about a lot for example while yeah. now of course Kachi Tomato just had these solid matches and I think the title switch Enakara was here for the right decision and you would hope that Enakara can do something yeah with it. hopefully I, I think I think there's room for a good. I, I don't follow Big Japan too much, but I think Endercara interests me. You know. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, it's it's something. You know, he's someone who who left Europe pretty much for for Big Japan. Um, tried his best here, and it worked out for him. He's champion now. So. Yeah, and I, I always respect somebody who knows to leave Europe as soon as they can. Yeah, he, he saw his, his he, yeah yeah he, he saw that he he has done it there or doesn't see his potential there wants to be in Japan and work out so totally it, it's 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 good fit it's you know you you can't complain about that I hope the title run is good I don't know if it's gonna be good but who knows we will see then we had for me the the great match in the show we had yeah. the, for the big Japan tag team titles we had Gracie lovers Masashi Takeda and Takumi. Sukamoto defeating astronauts from Minarayabe and Takuya Nomura in 20 minutes and 10 seconds to win the Big Japan Tag Team titles and ending the 604-day title reign of the astronauts. And I love this match. Um, first of all, this was the rematch from the Tag Team Tournament in February last year, where Crazy Love was won, which was totally different from the style. It was more of a Brawl at the beginning that ended up a double counter, and then they had some kind of deathmatch tropes with light cubes and all these CT headbutts and all of that. <laughs> that match was really great. 
while this one was more of a classic astronauts Hurricane Hall tag team match that you have seen a couple of times last yeah. year, or in, especially since what the astronauts did dream. And it just works. It always works because, first of all, the, the astronauts tag team work is just awesome, and it always works uh, well, with, regardless of the opponent. Um, here they were just mainly working a, about over uh, Takumi's arm while uh, preventing Takeda to make the rescue on with pinning rescue or submission rescue on multiple occasions, which was really cool done because it led to a moment towards the, the end of the match where um, uh, Abe had Takumi in an armbar and Takeda was trying to break up the armbar, but Nomura was, keep, uh, was grabbing his leg and, and trying to hold him back. So Takeda just decided to give Nomura like three to four shoot headbutts, and it just suplexes Abe on his head out of the armbar, which was insanely cool looking. And just something you, you just need to see. I think overall the match itself was great. It was not the best match in the title run. I think even though the first match February was better, mm. but it was just a typical Abe, Abe Nomura four-star flat tag team match that you expect him to have. Yeah, I, I think it's interesting because of the astronauts and of the crazy lovers, my my preferred ones in both of them are Takeda and uh, Abe. So this match focusing on Nomura and Tsukamoto was interesting for me because I was like, because they just killed it, right? Even though they are the ones I necessarily uh, care about a little bit less. But I felt like this match really highlighted how good Nomura's uh, submission work is, especially, um, and how he supplements that super well with the striking. I, I thought the finishing stretch probably could have been a bit longer, a little bit more. There could have been a little bit more heat near the end. I felt like, yeah. like it, it kind of was a bit soon for it to finish. Although they could have given it an extra minute or two, but yeah, I thought it was a very fun match. Um, obviously, astronauts are insane, so yes. kind of expect it. Yeah, um, if if you haven't checked out astronauts already, I I would guess so. If you listen to this nerdy podcast, you're probably in deep enough to know who the astronauts yeah. are. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, this, this title run was awesome. Like, 11 defenses. This was the failed one, the 12th failed one. Um, an amazing run. You, you just can list out the matches and you will find crazy match after crazy match. Um, they had, like, three matches against Strong BJ, which is like Sekimoto Yuji Okabayashi, which are, like, their their best opponents, I would say, as tag team. You had a really good one against... Um, who was it? Against... Um, um, Hiroyuki, Suzuki, and Kato in uh, in the Yukama Budokan show. It was a really cool one. They had a 30-minute time to draw that I really enjoyed against Hikaru Sato and Hideki Suzuki because Hideki just mixes up well with uh, Nomura, especially. Yeah, there's like a lot you can <laughs> you can a lot you can talk a lot walk out, and it's it's one of the best reigns in recent time for for tanking, uh, for tanking. I kind yeah. of wonder what the crazy lovers do, of course, this tag team, because they are a bit more of a death... I would say they are more of a deathmatch tag team. Totally. So. I mean, that's that's how I know that's how I know Takeda is exclusively from uh, deathmatches, pretty much. It's one of the first non-deathmatch matches I've seen of Takeda uh, to date, honestly. <laughs> so it's going to be interesting how, yeah, how they match up with the other tag teams in the division. Totally. Then... Moving on to the main event, oh god! But a death, a big Japan death match heavyweight title 
Lights to an Illinois Street Fight Deathmatch. We had Madman Pondo defeating Yuki Yuki Ishikawa in 17 minutes and 36 seconds with a pump handle tombstone to become the new Big Japan Deathmatch champion. You know what's funny? Yes. Is, no, I don't uh, it's so. De- looking at Bakagaijin, like the stable, is so depressing. Because, like, Akira's a really good wrestler. <laughs> and somehow we have fucking Madman Pondo <laughs> winning the fucking belt while Akira is like the other guy for Necro Butcher. You know what I mean? Like that's fucked. Um I had the the displeasure of seeing Madman Pondo wrestle live a year ago against uh Satu Jean, who is actually also in Bakagaijin. He's the fat guy. Um the other guy. <laughs> The, the other fat guy. Um, I saw that match live, and I brought my friend to that deathmatch show, because deathmatch shows are fun to go to. And he was like, is, is this beer? Is this kind of depressing? Um, he liked the rest of the card. But Madman Pondo, depressing. Um, so, I had the, the displeasure of seeing that, and, you know, at first I thought, well, at least this is a little bit better. You know, it's not as bad. Uh, but then Drake Younger got involved. That's the referee. And, um, yeah, the referee, Drake Younger, for some reason, uh, decided to get involved. And, uh, yeah, no. Um, this was this was a lot more offensive than that, you know, six-minute death match from a indie in, in Chicago. You know what I mean? Like, this was a lot. This was, this was more provocative. This is more offensive but, to but- me. As a deathmatch wrestling fan, this was offensive. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 you know. <laughs> the the thing about this is I I can't spoil it. Um, Ishikawa won the belt back like five days later, which makes this whole thing even more ridiculous because he's your twenty eight year old guy that he tried to establish now as the top guy of the deathmatch division, and his first run ends. Oh wait, that's wait is that why they called it uh, Bakugashin Strikes Back? <laughs> yeah. Oh wait, no, I think that was a day later. This is dumb. This entire company's dumb. <laughs> I I don't know what they're doing there. So it's 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 kind of you know I, I I don't try to understand it. It's just I ending your first the first side run of your presumably ace of the division now, just to start a second one like five days later is, is totally useless. Well, missed opportunity for me. Because this this happened like no one. Because in the yeah. end, Matt Mapondo still beat him. Yeah, yeah. I don't like. Like I said, I think Akira is too good to be the guy who comes in with a beer to celebrate with Madman Pondo as he wins wins the belt. <laughs> like that 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 was also very depressing for me. Um, as a deathmatch wrestling fan, that like these are the guys that they've got, and the one that is good is not is is not in this position. Um, and Drake Younger, fuck that guy! Like, what are we doing here? <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm trying to trying to understand, but I I don't get it. I I don't get what planet of the deathmatch division and it's part of why i never get into it because it's, it's either the matches are under delivering for me 
or they're just doing this bullshit. Mm. Well, it was bullshit. I mean, nothing else to say about it. So, <sighs> well, have you listened to the pr- post-match promo? Uh, I listened to some of it, but then I just kind of didn't want to anymore. I was in shock because he was like playing, playing like okay, this the, the baby crowd face, can't. Yeah. No, no, the, the crowd can't speak English, so I need to speak in pro English. I mm-hmm. champion on all of that, you, you know. It's like, really, and it was tough to listen to because you know, likely, Madman Pond can hold a way better promo than that with grammatical right English. Oh, I mean, back in the day, um, Madman Pondo did cut some good promos. Like, that's the thing. Madman Pondo was never, like, great. He was, he, he, even when it, during his prime, he was always, like, not amongst the better, not amongst the best deathmatch guys, not even amongst the best like big deathmatch guys. I thought brain damage was better back in the day, um, but like he could cut a promo to some degree. Uh, it was kind of funny to see him do that, you know, try to almost be a babyface where he's like, "I want to represent Big Japan as Bakugan." I was like, "Why are you? You what?" The guy behind you swinging a MAGA flag. What, like, and, like, Drake Younger helped you win. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. It's, it's, what a it's, terrible main event. <laughs> yeah, it was really a terrible main event. It's, it's just what, what makes you think, okay, why I, I am watching this. But I'm watching it for the part, so that's always cool. Yeah, really sad. Too. I would just say we move on to... Yes. Uh, Maybe, maybe I don't know if it's a better topic to be because it's, it's, it's a weird one. Uh, seedling. Hmm. Currican Hall show 670 fans, which seems to be now pretty much the average they have for their shows in, in the Currican, around 700. Um, before we go into the, the final two matches, especially, I would kick off with, with a quick talk about Riku Kaiju. Hmm. So. This is one of the weird Joshi stories we had in the past couple of years. And it's likely one of the weirdest ones. Um, out of nowhere, pretty much, Seedling had a press conference where they announced that Riku Kaiju is retiring. Shortly before she was announced for the Suki Band show, but backed out last minute for some reason. Uh, it was said, I think, that she was ill. I don't know. Um, or, or couldn't attend for some reason. And then it got announced that she's retiring from pro wrestling for personal reasons, and the tech belts get vacated. Because of that, the Sari and Arisa Nakajima with Twin Berries match could change into Sari defending her seedling belt against Ayama Susumura in the main event. And okay, you know, Joshi wrestlers, retiring is not something unusual out of nowhere. We have seen it literally this year a couple of times. Um, Rinwin um, just retired out of nowhere as well. Uh, last year, Yuki Mashiro just retired off the way. Himeka, all of them. You know, we have seen it. Yeah. Um, okay, Sunny was more of an injury, but, you know. Uh, but here the thing was, on the Kurgan Hall show at the beginning, Tayo came out before the contract signings for the main event. And uh, she was in the ring and said that Ricky Kaiju is not retired anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and is now on a hiatus for an unknown time. So instead of retired, she's just gone for a while. Indefinitely. Indefinitely, yeah. It sounds like something happened backstage or in her family or whatever. 
it, she decided, okay, I need to leave, and Tayo got her back in, in the boat. At least, at least potentially, like at least potentially. Uh, you know, we we have seen it before with Yashiko that she comes back and then just disappears, and yeah, now she's gone for two years. This is the thing with Joshi wrestling is that like a lot of this sort of thing, when when somebody retires like that, it's usually not due to the injury that they're talking about. <laughs> um, I mean, at least in some part. Like I always think back to the Lady C interview that she did pretty recently. Where she's like, yeah, basically every time that like I get kind of hurt or I lose a big match and I'm kind of upset about it, my dad just tells me, "Hey, you should you should retire. You should retire." Uh, and she's like, she's like, I'm not going to, but it does kind of get to me a little bit. And I imagine that like that is not an uncommon thing. I'm not saying that this is Riko Kaiju's family necessarily. I'm not saying that's what it is, but that's just an example of like um, how many things go on with Yoshi wrestlers and how there is still to some degree a stigma uh, about being a Joshi wrestler amongst non like people outside the wrestling bubble that it, it could be a lot of things and within the Joshi bubble there are also many things many dramas many you know uh disputes and many altercations that could occur that could cause a wrestler to uh retire suddenly and never step back into the public eye right so the, i hope riko kaiju does come back because she's really good you know i think i think she's kind of needed from jesus she's kind of needed from seedling to some degree but you know you never know joshi wrestling is strange i talked about it before that it's like joshi wrestling has a lot of conspiracy theories about it um because of these sorts of things yeah it's it's it's, it's tough because it's definitely you know it's definitely something personal that we will never find out outside of maybe Sukiban Sosis. <laughs> but <laughs> Sukiban is also a mysterium, so we will not know anything there as well. So. Yeah. Um, it's, it's kind of weird what's going to happen with her because Seedley needs her. Um, the roster is now down to zero. Yeah, because Arisa got hurt um, on the January show. Yeah, today she. I I don't know what the, what the injury exactly. It was, was a spinal cord injury. Spinal cord, main minors uh, spinal cord. Yeah. Injury. So at first she got like stretched out. It was very like she couldn't move. It was a very you know fucked up situation. But since then, there's no numbness. She can move all of her body parts. Uh, I I think they said it was like she doesn't have that much pain. I mean, you know, I'm sure she's in pain, but relative to like when you hear spinal cord injury, you think, "Oh fuck!" Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? But it's it's not like uh, yeah. anything too severe. It's still a spinal cord injury, so obviously it's at least that severe, which is very. But you know, I no I can't. Or anything like that. Yeah, I I can't tell you how long she will be out for because that's such an injury. She could rush back and be back for the next show. Or, or she's out for like, like a year. Yeah. Maybe not a year because it's apparently minor and she doesn't need surgery, which is good. Um, but it could could take like months. I yeah, guess could be really rough. if I need to guess the realistic, the realistic return place is, um, is likely the Kurikan in, in April in mm. nearly four months. Because, you know, she, she will rush to come back because they need her. 
Yeah. Good or not, it's another decision, right? You know, that's that's another thing. I I hope it's not too soon, and that she takes Uh, care of herself. Maybe maybe Ninja is not as bad as we know it's. But like now, you have now roster of Natsuki Tayo, who is the referee for high speed matches, and two rookies that haven't debuted yet. And kind of sorry, but and kind of sorry, yes. But also with that, the entire plans are thrown around. So, of course, whatever oh, we are talking about now, whatever you predict, no clue. I don't even think Sidley knows. And, of course, it should not mm. be their priority now, whatever's going on. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, this show, I think, was was, was really fun show. Um, I liked most of it. But, of course, the final two matches were the standouts for me. We had in a semi-main event, Arisa Nakajima. Ooh, wait, wait, and- wait. Before we get to the yes. semi-main. Um egoistas they they did oh, a thing. Sure. yeah yeah, yeah um, sure. i i thought that match was super long and i felt how long it was i think that like that was my and then it was built around natsu which is never good yeah which is yeah a super long natsu uh that's not fun um but the big thing was the post match with nozaki and maya joining um egoistas and turning on natsu and beating the fuck out of her <laughs> what what is the plan here like, are they planning Natsu overcomes them? Either she overcomes not... them or joins them. Yeah, it's likely this the, the latter because she's not she's not gonna beat one of them. She she might beat Nozaki. She could beat Makoto, maybe. M- Makoto's more protected in seedling than Wendy. <laughs> yeah. Well it depends on how, how much they, they care about Natsu in this run and seedling with her. Yeah, that's true as well. But it's 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 a stacked lineup. Um, you just throw in oh, yeah, four of the biggest freelancers that never take losses. Just say let's go for it, and it's, it's gonna work out, I think. You got I mean, you got Tia Mima Shimoda. <laughs> <laughs> Tia Shimoda is out here too. Like that's insane. Yeah, co- considering how you know what happened on the, on the show today with the Arisa injury, I would guess that the tech belts go to one of the two duos. Um, I would probably Maya and uh, Venny if they're st- are they still in it? I didn't see the results. Yeah, they they are still in it. Uh, the original they, they were in this. You know, there was like two blocks, um, like two two brackets, and mm. Nagisa Nagisa and Makoto on the other side. If Venny and Maya would have faced Serene and Risa today, and likely would have lost in my opinion. So who knows? I I guess Serene and Risa was scheduled to win the belt. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. So now they would just need to work around that with with with, with Venny and Maya. They have to perfect back into that. But yeah, I'm happy Maya's around more. It sucks that I didn't really like this match specifically, but I'm happy Maya's around more because she it's pretty much just been working six 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 and Oz a lot uh, this past year. Or so. Don't forget her random independent shows that she's working. She's doing nothing. You know, it's it's actually so funny because Maya is one of those wrestlers who, like, you look at her cage match, she's wrestled in, like, 20 places in 2023. And none of them matter. Yeah, I I, I would, I don't remember any of them. You know, I, I remember the Noah matches. That's about it. Like, and she had a, she had a of matches. Title match. Yeah, no, I remember the star matches, obviously. But, like, other than that, it's like, damn, she... She even dropped to white for Sendai, which is weird, because Sendai is normally... The easy one to get bookings for, but I don't know yeah. what happened. Yeah, but yeah, now now to the main event because we we, we are running out of time, <laughs> oh, like yes. plan time at least. Um, we have so we we we, we have Hiro Matsumoto and 
Ryo Mizunami defeating Arisa Nakajima Dash Shizaku in 18 minutes and 19 seconds. This match was never planned, but considering it was never planned, this match was, was really good. Yes. Um, mainly built around the Hiroyo Arisa Nakajima rivalry that they have established, especially last year with the Arisa injury and her comeback match um, for, for the belt against. Against Hiroyo, yeah. Yeah, I think it was a comeback match against Hiroyo, where she, where she won the Beyond the Sea tag, uh, t- title back. Uh, yeah, that I, was actually really a year ago. That was that was the year end show for twenty twenty two. Yeah, that was yeah true. That was a really cool match. Um, Hiroyo is is a wrestler that that is great, but you know, with Maya is the thing. Maya, Maya at least you know does something in a year. Mm. You will walk out of a Hiroyo year and sometimes have like two matches to remember. And it's interesting because I remember 2022, which is the first year I kept like a, a match guide. Hiroyo Matsumoto, every time I would see her, would just go insane. Like she would have such crazy good matches. Um, 2023, it, it felt like I just didn't see her as much. And when I did, it was just like, oh yeah, Hiroyo's here. That's cool. Um, yeah, she, she's not someone that, that is really in the focus of any promotion of any storyline. Similar yeah. to Ryo Mizunami, but Ryo Mizunami stands out because she has these TGPW bookings and as this this look that you just remember all the time. Yeah, uh, yeah, no, I agree. It's it's Hiroyo, Hiroyo and Anaki do kind of fall in that same area, but I think Anaki does kind of uh, she has a more prominent role in the places that she's usually at. So it's yeah. you know harder especially for in a single fall, of course. Yeah. I will say though, uh, Hiroyo Matsumoto as Bingo in Skeban is actually such great character work. It's like remarkable because. Like how Hiroyo Matsumoto has such great body, like does such great body comedy, uh, physical comedy. Like I would have never expected it, because it's Hiroyo Matsumoto. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's that's besides the point. I don't want to talk about Skabon necessarily, but uh, I I just thought about that. That I'm looking at her cage match, and I'm just like, oh yeah, she is like really good at at being bingo in Skabon. Uh, <laughs> just like from a comedy point of view, but. Yeah, this match was good. She beat Arisa. She pinned her. Yeah, she so, she got her win back from last year. Maybe maybe uh, maybe she kind of pushes towards the top. Like I would I could see a Matsumoto versus a Sari match. Yes, you say that, but for that Sari needs to defend the belt. You, you need That's to true. you need to see it like that. That's true. If you go with us, was was planned. It's like originally. she accidentally <laughs> defended the belt. Yeah, she accidentally defended the belt. It was never planned. I mean, oh, maybe, maybe she would have on on the Shikiba show, but I don't think. But speaking about Suri, she defended the belt in the main event against Ayama Susumura. Uh She won in 18 minutes and 31 seconds with a Uranagi suplex, kind of. Mm-hmm. I don't know how she calls it, actually. Yeah, it's the um, Uranagi. Yeah, she, she, she modified it's prop- it's, it's It's actually the proper Uranagi. Okay. Um, because in, in judo, a Ur- Uranagi is overhead. Um, and in judo, uh, you're, I'm not going to get into it. But she got that from Ayumi Kurahara, who also yeah. does the overhead Uranagi. Um, so, yeah, yeah, that's the, that's the proper Sh- Shout out Yoshiashi. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, <laughs> the goat marrying a legend. Retiring her. Yeah. Yeah, in, in a way, fuck Yoshiashi. But also, you know, good for him. Oh, what what the yeah I, I'm I'm sorry for for interrupting you but it, but I just saw that that uh, Joshi Perez uh, Perez magazine posted a picture of 
um, of Arisa getting transported away. Holy shit. Can I send you this? Do you want to yeah, see, yeah, it? I, I I, see it? I don't know. Um, yeah, I send it to you on Discord. Already. Oh my god. That looked horrible. Yeah, they, they have her like real. That's. Yeah, that looks really bad. Okay, that looks. It's it's bad. a good thing. It's a good thing that they gave the report that she uh is not numb can, at all. That she can move. She's moving. Yes. You know, she's not. You know, like fucked, fucked, necessarily. But yeah, that that damn. Wrestling's scary. Wrestling is a scary, scary business. Yeah. So, yeah, but back back to the main event. I uh, first of all, of course, we, we hope she recovers well. Um, totally. You all uh, excellent, excellent Samson's. Well, it looks horrible. Um, I if you want to see it, it's 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 on the JP under slash magazine account. Um, wow. Um, yeah, back to the main uh, match. Um, Sari pretty much bullied Ayam in this match. <laughs> yeah. And. It was the typical veteran versus underdog match, and Ayama is just great in it. I mean, Suri, just, Suri is just awesome, you know. We, we don't need to talk about how good Suri is. Um, but Ayama was just perfect in terms of the, the typical underdog who fought her way back into the match, but just couldn't get get it done because Suri Suri. Yeah, I, I think Ayami is somebody who really shows up and reminds you how great she is pretty frequently, honestly. Yeah. Um, she had a match against Fuminori Abe in a 2AW show two week, days ago, so 20 minutes or so. I, I want how, to see that. Uh, yeah, I need to see that, actually. But that's, it's 2AW. <laughs> that's the issue with Fuminori Abe is that like half of his match, like the matches that sound so killer, you'll never see them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that that's the problem. Yeah, and but... that was in the main event. That was a 19-minute main event. That's crazy. Yeah. That sounds killer. Um, I also noticed in this match that she actually does some Fuminori Abe moves. Uh, like, just like... And I was like, oh! Like, I'd never noticed where Fuminori Abe moves. But Ayame kind of uh, takes a few things from from the king. You know, the punch you in the fucking head king. But yeah, I thought this match was super fun. And, you know, I thought it was similar to the Riku Kaiju one that Sari had. Uh, a few months ago in September, but I, I, I liked it. I liked it a lot. It was a good way to kind of end the year for uh, both of them, yeah. I would say. Yeah, and it was a really fun match. Um, I, I really liked it. You know, I hope Sari can defend her belt more often. As do but I. Considering now the, the one we expected her to challenge is now out, and the tech tournament is going on, we, we only can hope for the for the. April Kurrican. Indeed. So, moving yeah, on to the um, final. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. But, no, but I, I was, I was done. I was done. I, I was, I was just gonna say, like, I, I'm hopeful, but also skeptical about Sari's 2024, because I, I do kind of worry how many big matches will she be able to have, necessarily. She, she can't have that much because at this point. She pretty much told us she's not losing much. Yeah, exactly. She she's only losing to the ones that she gets either the wins back, or, well, I like the top stars of the top stars. So you know, and at some point you run into a 
give me the body match with it because like like you you know because she won't have these big matches because you cannot run her versus Hashimoto twenty five times. You yeah. cannot run you cannot run um Sari versus Nakajima twenty five times. You cannot run her versus Iroa twenty five times and that's like pretty much three matches she's willing to like really invest in. No, I feel you. So, moving on to the last promotion we want to cover here. Ice Room, Rim Mania. 503 fans at the Currican Hall, which is a horrible number for them. Um, last year, they had something around 800. For Asai versus Sarianu. Uh, you will just notice with this number that the rebuild is, is it full of fact. They will take a long, long time to, to really build up this momentum they have pre-pandemic. If not... Or like even come close to it. Uh, you can see it on the card. They had like a ton of rookies here. I hmm. think twelve alone from from the dojo. Um, in the opener, they had um, Nanae uh, Furukawa, Saran, Mayuka Koike, and Yu Hanaye. Uh, then they had Arisa Shinose, who's pretty, pretty much pretty much yeah, she's still a rookie. Yeah, they had. Yuki Minami, who debuted in August. They had Yappi, who is a dojo girl. They had uh, Tsukiya Umino, who kind of is a, is a rookie at this point still, for considering she re-debuted. She kind of is an ice room rookie now. Hmm. And of course, they had uh, Kuri and Mifu Ashida and Fact had a match, and then Kaho and Ibuki Hashin made a match. You said you didn't watch the, ma- uh, the show? I did not get to. No, I did not. But... I think the important part we can talk about still is um, Yuki Mashiro came out yes. in the middle of the show, out of nowhere, and announced that she is coming back to wrestling after retiring last year in Mania. Her return match will be on January 27th in the Kerrigan Hall against Makoto, which is a cool matchup for her return. Totally. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I, I like surprising. returning. I like people who return from retirement. Uh, Shouts out Hazuki. Uh, <laughs> like it, it, it's it's nice because I I think that they kind of come back with a fresher view of pro wrestling. You know, a different view of it. And I think that sometimes that's not great, but sometimes that really helps and really kind of yeah. gives you that next step. It's taking some time away. Uh, with Mashiro, the thing is obviously, Ice Cream changed the ownership she immediately came back <laughs> including i think the president as well but i don't know that for sure and then out of nowhere she came back which is i i wouldn't say red flag towards the the, the old partnership uh the old management but it's a close to be a red flag considering what was going on there so it's mm. good to see that she decided okay no ownership no i assume i want to try it again and i hope it works out for her yeah as do i as do i um, everything I've seen from her is pretty solid, so I, I hope that she can get back on the horse uh, swiftly. Yeah. So then we move on to the to the semi-main event, because that was an important time match somewhere. Um, we had the international rim title on the line. Curie and Mifu Ashida defeated Queen, Valkyrie, mm-hmm. Ancham, and Yuri in 50 minutes, 24 seconds to win the international rim tag titles. Uh, Curie won her first belt since coming back. She came back in 2022 and was, I think she was injured. I think she had a kid. Or a kid, something like that in 2020. 
and then came back and then pretty much full-time again in 2022. And then, of course, Mifu Ashida is, is pretty much just super rookie. She's their Yuzuki. Um, 12 matches into her career? Uh, one That's insane. <laughs> no, 40, I'm sorry. 40th match in her career, won the first 14. belt. Oh, my God. And uh, in her eighth match, she, she had an ice cross infinity to hand match against EPP Hashi. So they have a lot of trust in her. Which is good because Ice Room needs that. You know, they need these. They do not have the veteran star power that the other promotions have. So that at least insane. they need to try. They need to try at least to get pretty quickly with the undercard. Uh, the match itself was was pretty much fine because you know Ifushida is a rookie and Kiryu is not like the greatest wrestler. She's only um, lost. She's won ten of her fourteen matches. That is yes. insane. And that's that's a super rookie. <laughs> yeah, that's wild. I respect it. They they're trying with her. They they need you, of course. Um, cool. To, I mean, I I would have hoped that the Anshamiyuri title match title run went a bit longer because I think they have a cool tag team tag team scene lined up pretty much with um, Subika Yanagawa and Misakura. And in Ancham Yuri, and now with with Kiri, uh, with Kiryu Mifu, so the tag division there has potentially cool matchups with many young talents. I get the title change considering you just want the belts to be on your own talents instead of totally, totally outsiders. So I get that. Then in the main event, we had Ibukiyashi versus Kao Matsushita, continuing the rivalry. Both are twenty years old in the main event of the biggest ice room show of the year. Um, Ibukiyashi defended for the second time here after 25 minutes and 4 seconds when she defeated Kaho with the Ibuki Star, Ibukin, Ibukin Star, I think it's called. I don't know. Ibunik Star, I don't know. With, 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 with the crucifix bomb, pretty much. Um, Sick. This match was great. Um, they aimed for more different style than they did in the past matches this year, where they had this time limit draw. In in on on the one show and Tim and Hamlet draw and then they had this like, a week later I think in in, in Skip City had they like a seventy minute match without time limit that Ibuki won and they had a simple story going into this match with a uh, cow finally willing to win her first belt and she tried to win the tag belts together with Ibuki um, the reason for that is pretty much because Kari Shimizu is injured. Um, and she, they failed together, so now Kao tried to take away the belt from her, pretty much her, her rival, now, and forever. Uh, she failed here, but you know, in the end, she's twenty, and you know, she's gonna get the belt simply because Iceman needs to strap her half down the line because they don't <laughs> have anyone. I, I, I said it to Alex, and I think, or I think Alex said it to me. I don't know for sure. <laughs> Ice Room is so lucky that Ibuki is ready for the top spot. Yeah. Because otherwise it would be cooked. Because you need this ace figure right now more than anyone. And, well, um, Asahi dipped. You know? Um, so, so they only have Ibuki now from Filmy 1 stippled up. And she yeah. stepped up. She showed out why she is the ace or why she should be the ace. The problem just now is you need to establish her. 
Yeah, and, and how do you hard when you don't have like that strong of a upper middle card, I guess, uh, to really put her on that level. You know what I mean? She she got the rob. She she pinned uh, Fujimoto in the Fujimoto return match, but yeah. it was like a six woman tag, of course, which is a different thing than a singles title match. So exactly. if Istream can pull it off, and I'm sure that if she wants to wrestle, she would do it. That uh, Fujimoto lays lays down um, lays lays down for Ibuki because Ibuki needs it to get to the next level. Because in the best cases, Ibuki Kaho rivalry is just their new Tsukasa Tsukushi pairing, which is mm. two top top women just colliding time after time again. Will it happen? You know, I don't know. All about how desperate they are. <laughs> because yeah. because five hundred free fans for a uh, for a Kurikin Hall sh- show for the biggest Kurikin Hall show is not a good number. And they are running one again next month with a mm-hmm. one night tournament and the Yuki Mashiro comeback, which will not draw well. So I, I do just like hope... the of a one night tournament though. It's always yeah, it's something it's it's absolutely cool, but you know, you you would just hope in the best case that they just continue to trust Ibuki and continue to trust the young one instead of bringing back Mayuki and just taking the belt or something like that. <laughs> yeah, uh, but you know, Joshi Wrestling—they do like that. They do like to do that. Yeah, but I—that's the—that's the wrong message for the Ice Cream Monster. They, even though they need these these veterans that Ibuki pins, uh, beats, but well, if you burn the bridge with like after the scene of the past five years, it's it's tough. <laughs> Maybe they can get back Julia. <laughs> uh. <laughs> the only way they're getting back Julia is if they sell themselves to WWE Japan. Well. Mm-hmm. I don't know wouldn't then. that be the crazy? Wouldn't that be the craziest turn of events? Is if WWE bought Ice Ribbon, turned it into WWE Japan, uh, or NXT Japan, and then Julia ended up working <laughs> Ice Ribbon, and then Susan joins her again. Yeah, and Susan's like, "Wait, wait, my Julia, where's my Julia?" And she rejoins Ice Ribbon. <laughs> oh, it would be amazing. Uh, but I, I, I mean, I don't think many will listen to that anyway to to be a big scoop but i l- heard or someone told me that has connections to ice room that um Tsukasa tries to take over the company and and as a booker so and she should if she gets the book i i don't know maybe she has it already but i don't think so let her cook um, let her cook let, let let her and me run this place because i think they know what's best for the promotion totally i agree and with that we have We've we've talked about all we have. Um, oh, of we, course. Yeah. We didn't talk about marvelous, but we don't really need to. Um, oh yeah, true. Magenta I, I, belt, and that was sick. Yeah, <laughs> true. We, we we can quickly talk about this match. I, I forgot it, um, to to mention it on, on my sheet. Yeah, of course. Um, earlier this month, Jesus, that old so happened. Um, we had we had marvelous winning the belt with with Magenta. Match was great, of course. Mm-hmm. I thought the finishing stretch, especially, was very good. Yes, you would you would hope that they do something with it, but it's a tag belt, and 
they rarely defend attack belts, so who knows if they're ever going to defend attack belts. I don't know, because these two tag together a lot, like pretty much exclusively. Uh, they are tag team wrestlers more so than uh, Chikayo and Takumi were. So That's I think true. they... I think there could be more defenses of this belt, especially with uh, Marvelous Coast becoming a thing. I think they might be defending it in America as well. They could just run them versus every promised batsman and whoever they bring exactly. in promised batsman exactly. and then GG Ray or something like that. Exactly. So I think they could uh, potentially do more tag tile defenses with Magenta. I hope they do because I think it'd be cool for them to kind of just get those, you know, get those shots. Um, but yeah, uh, I'm happy that they won the belts. I thought the match was very fun. Uh, the Mio, Wats- Mio versus Watsunabe match was also solid. Like it was all right for, especially for a modern Tomoko Watsunabe match. It was pretty good. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's true. Hozan versus Hashimoto was way better than I expected it to be as well. Um, Ho- Hozan is improving quickly, rapidly. Yeah, she she's twenty. Had you know she she has the time, of course. But yeah, um, maybe it's time to to not be a loser anymore. But maybe it's time for her to like feel like she is somebody. Yeah, because um, yeah, that was a great David versus Goliath match with Goliath match with her and Hashimoto. Um, those are pretty much the only things I wanted to talk about. With Marvelous was that Magenta's dope, uh, and Hozan versus Big Hash was way better than I expected. Yep, and yeah, with with that we come to the preview part. The thing is about previewing is, 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 is a bit stupid because we really recorded late because I had stuff to do. And uh, mm. of course, mm-hmm. uh, well, there's a lot of things that, you know, already happened. I think the, yeah, the I biggest... Predict, I predict Starlight Kid will challenge for the Wonder Belt. How about that? <laughs> That's my prediction How for 2020. Yes. No, I'm kidding. But I think the interesting part towards the end, towards the end of January, of course, is um, Old Japan has a Kurikin. Coming up with uh, the, the the Fuji anniversary, the 50th fifty anniversary, and Saito Bros against Nakajima and Omori, and then at the end of the and the, the of the month they have Nakajima versus Shotaro Shino for the Triple Belt, which is a cool and great match. Yes, we'll have a hot crowd, of course. <laughs> Otherwise, I think the, the main stuff already happened. Um, look for it. Of course, the yeah, late January doesn't have a ton. Actually, as yeah, far as I this, know. this, this, not. We, we, we already. Oh yeah, of course. Uh, Diana has to call Kawasaki show with Umizaki versus Unagi Sayaka for the boys' mm. title. So there's that. So at the end of the podcast, if you're still listening to it, because I know one or two are at least. <laughs> um, <laughs> we, I, I asked Dylan to have some predictions, Pearl Gems edition, of course, mm. for 2024. I have four, but I will, out of my mind, I will definitely make up a fifth one. I have two. <laughs> I have a few less. Okay, perfect. Yeah. Um, I, are you ones bold, or are they just... just, just uh, would you, would you one of them semi-bold. Uh, it's optimistic more than bold. Okay. Um, both of them are optimistic more than bold, I would say. Should, should I just start off with, with my most boldest one? Yes. Um... Uh, Tiok and Elidman will leave late by the end of the year. <laughs> mm. I, I think it. I could see them having now the title run, so they just think, think okay, it's time for the next step. And I could see late breaking down sooner than later. I could see it. I could see uh, it. Con- considering 
now Kazuyashi, who, well, pretty much books together with Shima, is now leaving. And yeah, other stuff happening, of course, in the past, and now them having pretty much more. I think in that sense, though, that. it's more likely that the Kazuyashi side of the roster might leave because she because yeah, Shima Shima with strong like strong hearts are pretty close with Shima, you know. I so I don't know if those two leave. I imagine there will be some people leaving. Glade, though. Yeah. Um, I, I just have to feeling with them because I feel like they have done it there and I don't think... Yeah. And I think they will move their focus away from it and, and try to, to get away from, from, from Glade. More especially because I think Tiok Tiok is someone that, that easily could be signed by any other major company. And Elinaman is, is pretty much always teasing to join each battle right now. Yeah. I Mine is similar uh though not leaving i think the astronauts will get a tag run somewhere maybe not with the belts mm -hmm. but i think they will get like i think all japan might finally think hey maybe we'll let them tag together in like 2v2 matches and not just have them as fodder on you know random shows randomly uh i i, I don't know why i just feel like astronauts might get um represented a bit better uh outside of big japan this year you know i think yeah, i think they've gotten right. a little I, bit of, i could see that yeah they've gotten they've gotten some notoriety obviously over here they've gotten some notoriety but i imagine it it's also the case in japan to some degree so i i hope and i think that they might get you know maybe in all japan uh, some some good tag stuff to do there sink their teeth into more so than they have been recently yeah speaking of all japan um i have one there it, it's not like bold i mean maybe it is um I wrote down that Charlie Dempsey or another WWE talent will um, will be part of the Champion Carnival and will beat one of the top three names. So Yuma Awagi, Kentomiharo, Katsuki Nakajima. Hmm. Who do you think should be in the Who do you think should be should be in the Champions Carnival from NXT? I mean, Charlie's some. I mean, of course, realistic option, right? Because otherwise, you know, you could just say Ilya Dragunov and it would be awesome. Mm -hmm. Realistic options, I think. I mean, kind of, kind of. Charlie is the best one. I think Drew Gulak could have a cool run. See, the thing is, a lot of NXT guys are cruiserweights, are you know, are junior heavyweights. Because like I was yeah. thinking, I think Noam Dar would do so great in All Japan as a as a junior heavyweight, because um, he's phenomenal. Like I, I truly think I haven't watched a ton of his stuff in like more recent times, but Noam Dar is tremendous as a wrestler. So I would love to see him in like a. a junior heavyweight title match or something but i don't know maybe they send one of like the the athletes you know a trick williams for example um yeah you know, like, I, I, could, I could always see the, the the brother of gable stevenson i don't know his wwe name uh, uh, yeah um uh, you, so, you brought up gable stevenson da just, da uh, damon camp i'm sorry robert stevenson um, camp, because, yeah, yeah yeah because he's hideki isn't so yeah, I mean, I, I I could imagine them bring like sending an athlete over, you know, like a collegiate type, uh, to get some reps in. Yeah, that's definitely possible. Braun Breaker, maybe. That would be awesome. That would be really cool because he he would need it. Because I think I think Dijak would kill it in all Japan. I'm not gonna lie. Oh but yeah, I doubt, he would I doubt I doubt he wants to go to Japan because he has like a whole ass family and shit. Uh, so going for a Champions Carnival might be a bit much, but. I think Dijak in, in all Japan would be pretty sick. 
Yeah, that's that's definitely true. Um, so I have. I'll, I'll give another one. Um, mm -hmm. this is on the Joshi side of things. I think, even though she just lost the uh, Oz the triple threat match uh, title belts, I think Itsuke Aoki will finally win a real singles belt at some point this year, somewhere. I'm leaving it open. Uh, I think I think she could win the uh, the big Oz belt. We talked about earlier. I think that Yuki Miyazaki is capable to lose to Itsuki Aoki, in my opinion. Um, I mean, if Seedling gets real dire, and if Saori loses the belt to somebody else, I could see Itsuki Aoki winning there. Uh, maybe, maybe not the three AW belt in Marvelous, but even then, no. I I wouldn't be surprised depending on how long this ozaki story goes and how and long who wins it from them yeah yeah I, I assume it's takumi over ozaki which does make it hard for itsuke yoki to beat takumi but like I, I think i think it's time she's had almost exclusively tag team title runs to this point and i think that she could really i think she could win a, a singles title for real this year yeah, yeah, I, I think it's, like, it's optimistic, but I think and, she's and, and, such to, a to, she's everywhere. Uh, you know what I mean? To, to be fair, considering how many fucky belts we have in Joshin right now, <laughs> there's a good chance she wins one. Exactly, like she should win one. It's not that hard. Mm, yeah, I have <laughs> I have two more Joshin ones. I have, it, okay. it's more of a rookie one. Um, the first one is also something with belts. I think that both Kizuna and Honata will both win her, their first singles championship this year. Hmm. Um, my eye is on the Diana crown thing or the Princess of Caressing title from Pure J. Yeah, I think Kizuna definitely has that Princess of the Princess belt on her. Yeah, I, I think that Honata wins it before her and Kizuna wins it from hmm. Honata because they, they love to build up that Honata is the better singles of the team. I could see it. I could see it. Um, and my, my other one is um, Alex will not be happy about this. You will be happy about this. I think mm. um, Atsushi Naba beats Tomoka Naba in a singles match this year, but Aoi doesn't. <laughs> Why do you have to add the Aoi part? That's that's cruel. Because <laughs> I could see Azusa over over Tomoka at some point this year. Um, I could see it happening as soon as March. Especially with how many tournaments they run. Yeah, they have I this JTO Girls tournament coming up right now yeah. where they're especially really teasing Aoi versus uh, Atsusa versus Tomoka. I mean, they, they where, have the title match. Yeah, they, they, they've been teasing that. Yeah, where, where Tomoka said, yeah, you, you are not high enough in the rankings. You need to work yourself up. And then, oh, of course, out of nowhere, the tournament comes up. And Atsusa and Tomoka are of the different size. So it's, it's definitely going to beat them at the Kurikin Hall show, which also would be the, the first anniversary of Atsusa. Um, mm. Oh yeah. So, so I could see them running it there, and I think Atsuza is definitely beating Tomoka. At this point, I don't know if Aoi does. <laughs> That's tough. I would love to say uh, the Inabos win a tag title, but I just don't know where they would win a tag title. New Blood is the chance, I guess. I mean, that would be ideal. Like I, I think, but that's that's also not a Puro Gems thing. So I'll save that for another time. Right, um. But yeah, there's a lot on the horizon. I'm excited for a lot of this. I'm, I'm excited for Pure this year. Yeah, there's there's a lot of cool stuff. Um, finally, promotion promotion is gaining the momentum, which is always good. Especially mm, yes. promotion would not expect to gain momentum. 
Uh, what do you say? They have promotions right now. They're trying to gain momentum, which which is good. Again, yeah, after. yeah, totally. Especially, you know, all falls with if all Japan is doing well or not. Um, but otherwise, it's just you know, it is interesting <laughs> how all Japan has kind of become the leader of the independent companies, like independent, quote unquote. You know, what I mean, like they're yeah. like the. I don't know. It's interesting that that's how that's where we're yeah, at. They're like, yeah, like pretty much the, the from momentum wise, they're the second biggest promotion in Japan right now. Mm. Uh, I, I, it's it's tough to count Dragon Gate because they lie their numbers up uh, all the time, but they are definitely above Stardom and Noah. And compared to them, they don't feel like a major promotion. Yeah, that's what I mean. Is that it's like it's like all Japan historically feels like it should be bigger. But all Japan in the modern day uh, feels like it's smaller than it is. Like, does that make sense? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's it's definitely smaller. It it's, it feels like there's I don't know how to compare it in American. It's 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 a bit like Impact. Mm. Yeah, I could see that. I could see that. Or or no, wait, Impact is a bit too major. It's it's pre Tony Khan our age. <laughs> We just it, it's there. Okay. It has a no. I think I think, it's, I think it's more impact. I think it's more impact. Yeah, it, it has its relevancy, but it's not like well, you you know, it's it's not like it has this this momentum or people are watching it like crazy. Yeah, Dave no, is Sonic rated, which, which which is surprising, but well, whatever Dave does. <laughs> but anyway, um. We are at the end of the podcast, actually. Now, yes, so it's pretty long. Well it could be the longest episode yet. Yeah, you got me on here to talk about the busiest month in Puro, so that's on you. That's on <laughs> true. So that being said, I would say just you know plug everything, including your Substack, please. Yes, um, go to write Dylan Wright D Y L A N uh, on or dot Substack. That is my Substack. Go subscribe to that. It's free. Um, right now I'm just kind of uploading all my old stuff, uh, but I will be writing new stuff on that as well. Uh, my Kofi is also in there. So if you want to give me uh, like $3 or $5, I'd appreciate that. I am begging for money at this point. Um, I'm joking. You don't, you don't have to do that. Alex, but, Alex doesn't pay him from, from the podcast money. No, Alex does not pay me. Uh, I, I should be paying him for the emotional labor of dealing with me, but I don't. Uh, yeah, so go check out my Substack. Like I said, write Dylan Wright uh, dot Substack or Substack.com at Um Either one works. And go check out Storm Quest every Thursday pretty much um, on on wherever you listen to your podcasts. And check out No Limit Wrestling Show on the Five Star Network YouTube channel. Follow me on Twitter at XXHichiban because my favorite number is 21. I like Roman numerals and I am number one. Number one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So for me, of course, I mean, you, you wouldn't know it. It's, it's peps under slash wrestling on Twitter. You will find all my stuff there, including my, my, my writings for Wrestling Purist. And of course, if you want to check out more of the Five Star Network, I think the website is up again. The website is back, yes. It, it we, is we are back again. We are up. The website is back. So check out the website, of course, if you want to see interviews with wrestlers we had done. And of course, the other podcasts, they are all listed there. And with that, the next episode should come out pretty soon. We are doing the year-end awards, or I am doing it with Sandre. 
So that's gonna be cool. Fun, fun, and fun. That, it's 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 a lot, you know. <laughs> it's, it's a lot. And then with that, of course, then afterwards, it's it's the normal schedule with the February show at the beginning of February or January. A lot to talk about as well. I'm gonna get Scott to watch Osaka Pro. It's gonna be fun. That's crazy. I mean, he's he's a, he's a Zeus guy. I think he's a Zeus guy. You know, I think, it's, I, think it's, I think Xavier's convinced him to be a Zeus guy, so I uh, I think he'll be okay. It's with it's, it's Pelican de- uh, ah. hit against um, Matsufusa. That was well, a really good match. They, they wow. had like a 30 minute light weight title match. <laughs> but yeah, that, that being said, uh, we, we see us next time. Thank you all for listening, of course, always to this podcast. Check out the other podcasts and thank you and bye bye. <laughs>